Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. I never know what to do with my hands. Yo. Everyone, welcome back. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related. It's the Sydney Crawford approved podcast of hops, high fives. I can't believe you still have to read that. And friendship. Uh, I am your host, weighing in at uh, 0.097 metric tons of fun, the beast of the East, Christmas Maximus, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and I'm your other host, Hot Master General, the Grand Master of Malt, the Royer's Ford Rattlesnake. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's Dan. And we are the best, best friends podcast in the world. Dan, hit the music. Boom, boom, boom. Now let me say, well, I say, boom, boom, boom. Second week in a row, Dan. This was the song, right? No. This was the song you sent me. No, 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 no. This was the hype song. No. Dan, why would this be the intro to our podcast? You you texted to me. You said this is the new intro. I've texted it to you about four times now. This, on, is not, this is a hype song though. It's it's getting me hyped. No, I'm, it's not like it was getting mad hyped too. No, I'm no. Nobody is hyped off of that. <laughs> Nobody ever. Uh all right, we'll give it a we'll give it a go again next week. Yeah, we'll try again. All right, everybody. Uh welcome back uh to our our second week streaming at Twitch. Hey, we made it. Um, you know, it's it's nice. We we we've made some upgrades. We've uh we've definitely upgraded our life here a little bit. Um, as you can see, um, all three viewers, um, you can see our, our beautiful new layout here. We're stuck Um, in the world of Tron, but we're having a lot of fun there. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, hopefully we have more people join, uh, that can, you know, ask our guests some questions. Um, so with that said, um, we are joined today by, uh, Matthew Farber from U Sciences. Uh, he is the uh, director of brewing sciences uh, at U Sciences. He's also the author of Mastering Brewing Science, uh, Quality and Production. It's Matthew Farber. Thanks, Matt, for coming on. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot, Tom. I meant to say this earlier. In your introduction, I think you can no longer be called the Beast of the East on this episode. I feel like you have to kiss the rings now. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what? We got mad on the podcast now. I did not even think about that. Uh, I didn't think about that one bit. Yeah. I guess I'm technically not the beast of the yeast on this one. Yeah. We got it. We got, uh, 
We got the real expert the on the true now. beast, Matty Ice over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Matty so Ice for life. <laughs> so with uh with us having God damn it, Harry, come on, man. Um Harry's internet service is amazing. Well it's great introduction, by the way. Yeah. So uh <laughs> having uh since we're we are having a uh scientist of uh of brewing on the podcast, uh we figured who better to have guest hosts with us? I, I, we felt like we needed to call on reinforcements on this one. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have trouble pronouncing. Yeah. So we thought, Hey, why don't we bring the ex- uh, one of the experts in? Yeah. For most of this stuff, the mine and Dan's, uh, like brewing IQ is the equivalent of like maybe a combined 95. Tom and I are going to look at you guys pretty glossed over, but nodding in just agreement of whatever you have to say. Oh Yeah. Um, so we brought on our, our resident mad scientist, Harry Peck from experimental Harry. Thanks for, thanks for agreeing to do this. Thanks for having me on again. And sorry about my internet. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you live in a God awful swamp state, like New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. There's no, the internet just bounces off the, off the the swamp mud. Off the swamp. Yeah. The pine barrens. Yeah. Um, all right. So. We are are going to be going heavy into uh, some uh, some real scientific talk, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> We're going to get real sciencey. Yeah. So uh, I, We're I gonna guess drink some beer. It's going to be a lot of fun. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Stay for tuned. sure. So I think um, I, I I would think that the big thing that Matt is known for, and I mean, I guess the reason it, why we kind of reached out. Yeah. And in, in I guess like the for the layman, I I don't know. I. I would assume that you're known for your book or, you know, teaching at you sciences, but, um, you know, in our world, I guess you're best known for, uh, cultivating the, the Philly sour yeast. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. And it's been a a crazy journey because it's, uh, that yeast came out of my research lab many, many years ago. Um, it took a long time to, to get it to market through our partnership with Lalaman and we launched it in June during the pandemic. So it's been, uh, it's been really interesting to see it flourish, uh, especially in our area. Um, brewers have done some really fun things with it, uh, which we'll certainly talk about today. Uh, but I, it, it's been going around the world. Um, I saw some Instagram posts today from South Korea, Bordeaux, wow. France. I mean, people are brewing with this uh, all over. And and what I think is so cool about it is Philly sour is, is all over the world. So mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's talking about Philly. That's awesome. Anytime I pick up a beer that says local sour yeast in it, I'm like, oh, I have to do a little background. I'm guaranteed it's the Philly sour yeast. <laughs> you know, and, and it just goes to show you that not all bad things happen in Philadelphia. Not all bad no, things. No, we might, uh, we might destroy a robot tourist every now and then, yeah. but yeah. Um, all right. So I, I think before we get deep into, uh, the, uh, the, the sour yeast talk, uh, I think we need to, we need to do some, uh, some beer drinking. Oh yeah, to get into definitely. This. Um, so, uh, the, I guess the special thing about our podcast today is that, um, all three, we're going to feature three beers and all three beers are brewed with the Philly sour yeast. Oh man. There's a theme on our show. How what? crazy is that, man? <laughs> We actually it's like we planned though, this. It's like we planned this, guys. I know. It's like, I know. It only took a... Uh, oh, this is our 50th episode, by the way. Oh, yeah. Happy 50th. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> only took us 50 episodes to do some kind of prep for the show. <laughs> right. All right. So um, 
we are going to start off uh, our episode uh, with Harry's beer that he brewed with the Philly sour yeast. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. I can't wait to try it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, we, we should do some, uh, some housekeeping here. Uh, do some housekeeping. Tom. Yeah. All right, guys. Get down to business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks Andy, man. Um, so, uh, remember everybody subscribe, rate, review, uh, tell you help the podcast out, um, for our, uh, our Twitch watchers, uh, give us a follow on Twitch. Um, you know, eventually we're going to go subscriber only. Um, I don't know when we'll get to that point though, but I guess uh, when we get popular. Yeah. I mean, more popular than we already are. Oh yeah. True. Well, true. We have six viewers, man. Come on. That's pretty, pretty good. Oh, look at that. Yeah. At that. Um, so, uh, yeah, subscribe on the podcast, uh, on the podcast side, only audio only, uh, go on, uh, Apple podcast and subscribe rate and review us. Um, we are running our contest for the month of January. Uh, give us a, a review on the, on, uh, Apple podcasts. And, uh, we're going to pick out the, uh, the most interesting or funny or whatever, you know, we'll yeah. pick one out that, uh, that, or the most scathing, the one that's yeah. just going to make me like maybe cry into my pillow at the end of the night. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. If you can, if you can make me take a fully closed shower, um, you know, that you might win yourself some beer. Uh, so at the end of the month, Dan and I are going to evaluate all the, uh, all the reviews that came in and, uh, we'll pick a winner and then we will, uh, we'll send you some beer. We'll put together a nice little care package. Yeah. We announced this like well, thank almost you. a week ago. We still yeah. haven't gotten a single review yet. Yeah, we did. We got two. We got two new reviews. Yeah. Last I checked. Um, I'm, not, I'm only seeing, uh, I'm only seeing bad dad. No, you got to go all the way down to the bottom. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So um, we're going to be drinking Harry's uh, venture into uh, the Philly Sour Yeast. Um, Dan, uh, you want to you want to take a stab at this one? Uh, you want me to take a stab at uh, mispronouncing some stuff? Yeah. Harry, how do you pronounce this one? Uh, good question. I have no idea how you actually pronounce it. God damn it's, it, it's, Harry. It's, it's <laughs> Swedish. So it just sound like the Swedish chef, you know. <laughs> All right. So this first beer is the Kaffelmann by Experimental Brewing Company. Uh, it is a sour stout inspired by a drink in Sweden. This stout is fermented with lemonade and conditioned on cold brew coffee. Aroma of roasted coffee with a tart finish. The Swedish chef would be proud of this creation. <laughs> Um, yeah. And if you want to, if you want to take a look and see what, uh, you know, what Dan just read and, uh, you know, go on and see what other people are saying about the, the beer, you can, uh, follow Harry, uh, on untapped at, uh, X beer underscore NJ, uh, or just look up X beer, experimental brewing company. Or you can just follow us on untapped. That's at best, best friends pod. That's best, best friends. P O D P O D you say. Start with a ballad, okay. Matt, you familiar with POD? I know POD. Okay. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get to know them a little better on this episode. Yeah, you'll get to know them intimately. All right, all right. So let's uh, uh, yeah, we have talked before. Dan and I have talked before. Um, yeah, let's crack this and then we'll we'll get into it. All right. Uh, so 
boys on the uh the count of three here uh yeah we didn't we didn't tell you matt oh yeah that's that's on us uh, that's so on one us. thing we always forget let's restart the podcast yeah. uh all right we got you we'll we'll, we'll pick you up here. we'll get the next yeah. all right get out on the editing part. uh all right boys we'll get a crack in one two three <laughs> In all fairness, Matt, I have I'm done that rock. before where I just I just make the uh, I make the sound with my mouth and I've already cracked it. You know, I thought Matt cracked a second beer. <laughs> yeah, it was good. You're like the Michael Winslow of brew science. For all the for all the younger kids in here, that's a police academy. Yeah, that's a police academy reference. Police Academy was a movie in the <laughs> 1980s starring Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg was a huge star in the 80s. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of explaining that. We're going to get yeah. a headache by the end of this. Yeah. Oh, we got crafty tats in the uh, in the. What? Oh, he counted us down to. Oh, yes. wow. No, Al, we do read this shit. We do. And it actually comes up on our stream now. So people who are actually watching this will read it as well. All right. You ready to get into this, Dan? I like how this glass looks like I didn't even crack a beer yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're shilling hard here. Yep. All right, boys. Cheers, guys. Slancha. Cheers. Uh, oh, look at that. You sciences glass right there. He, he is marketing tonight. Hmm. Wow, Harry. So... Dan and I have been uh, have been discussing recently that we're we're kind of going over the um, the BCG, BCGJP oh, the BJJCP the Brazilian yeah. Jiu Jitsu beer judging yeah BJCP that's the one yeah that one yeah uh, screw that up yeah we're doing uh, the BJCP uh, style guide um, on our our adventure to uh, um, to become beer judges official beer judges. Um, so, you know, with most, uh, with most beers, uh, that we've been doing recently, we kind of have a go off the style guide and give you an overview. Um, Dan, what was my style guide breakdown for this one? Yeah. So the breakdown for this one is, I don't even know what guideline this would fall under. <laughs> That's so all we have on the notes for this it's, one. <laughs> it could, I guess, technically fall under like a dark sour. I don't even know if that isn't. That isn't. The BJCP? It isn't. So yeah, I, I, I don't know if they cover... The BJCP like has it. a very small sour section. Yeah. So how did you come I'm across sure. this like Swedish drink as an inspiration? Um, well, it's actually, um, I mean, lemonade coffee has been done before. Um, it was done by evil twin. Um, I know they did like a really, uh, I don't know how big of a stout it was, but I feel like it was a high ABV beer, but I looked it up and it was, it came across, um, like one of my coffee feeds on Instagram a while back where they were like, Oh, lemonade and coffee. And to me, I mean, it makes complete sense. You know, a lot of times you have espresso with like a lemon peel and just the acidity of coffee, acidity of lemonade, but also the sweetness of lemonade, it kind of all mixes. So it was just something I thought would be an interesting play on a beer. Um, originally when I did brew it, it was just the stout. Um, and then Philly sour coming out, I was like, that would be like a perfect pairing to add that nice 
sourness to the beer to kind of enhance the lemon a little bit. So, so Harry, you had brewed this before, but with a different yeast. Yeah, with just with just a, a basic uh, ale yeast. So it's it's funny because uh, when you told me that you were doing a, a lemon lemonade coffee stout, I was like, oh man, I had so Wawa. Um, I don't know if it was. I think it was last summer. Yeah, it was. Uh, summer of 2019. Yeah, they. Did, I remember it distinctly. Yeah, they did a, a cold brew, a lemonade cold brew. Um, it was okay. like an, it was like an Arnold Palmer, um, and I was obsessed with it. And I told you, you were out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, <laughs> most of the people when I, I would say, uh, eight out of ten times, I went in and ordered it, and the person that made my drink was like, "Have you drank this before? <laughs> like, have you tried this?" And I was like, yeah, I've had it a couple of times. And I'm like, is it good? It doesn't sound like it could be good. It's like, it's pretty goddamn good. I drank it like, I drank it, it, it an works. obscene amount of times. Tom was trying to sell yeah, it to it, me like green eggs and ham. And I told him I was not going to fucking drink that. <laughs> There's, I mean, especially if it was maybe like the Wawa lemonade and their Wawa coffee. Yeah. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. I like both of them separately, but. I don't know Together? what, yeah, I, I don't know what they did because my wife and I have tried to replicate that and it just, it's never the same. <laughs> to be honest, I, I came in knowing that we were going to do this and knowing how I thought Wawa was crazy for doing the lemonade coffee. I didn't think I was going to like this. <laughs> and this, this is, I mean, the tartness on this, it's really nice. This is really enjoyable for me. I'm liking this beer. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely different. It, it it reminds me a lot of a of a lemonade coffee. It's, I mean, you get that like citrusy, sour tang to it, but underneath you have that dark, roasty, like a coffee, you know, like a cold brew coffee flavor. It's just like a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of uh, like malt burn, you know, roasty malt taste to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Harry, this is a uh, really nice, I mean, good job. You, you always are brewing really creative styles, uh, and, and really, really pushing, you know, that envelope for, you know, we, we don't even have styles for, for these types of beers, you know, <laughs> so let's just throw those styles out the window anyway. Throwing the style guide out for this. <laughs> exactly. But, um, the, the acidity really accentuates some of the darkness of the malt really nicely. Um, there's a little bit of just a touch of coffee that kind of yeah. lingers near the end. Uh, and there's a, a bit of a citrus that it kind of blends in. If I didn't know there was, you know, lemonade in there, would I confuse that with the acidity uh, from the yeast? Uh, which to me means it's well balanced because when I'm thinking about it, I, I, I can pull it out. Um, but it's not in your face. Uh, same with the coffee, you know, the, the coffee blends into the dark malts. So again, uh, there's not too much of anything in this. And I think it, it plays all well together. Well, balance is a good way to put it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it's nice. Cause I could, I could, I could definitely drink two or three of these, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not weighing you down like a, like a normal stout, you know, it's, yep. it's definitely something that just that added bit of, tang to it and like it, it adds a certain crispness to it um that really it make you know the drinkability is really high on this one definitely and it's and it's changing as i drink it so the, the first sips that i had 
were a little bit more malt forward. I even got a touch of smoke, which was just probably mm. from the, the roasted malts. That's gone. Uh, so now I'm getting a little bit more of the lemon. Yeah, I, and I'm getting a lot of lemon on the nose, too, as I'm yeah. drinking it. It's got a great mouthfeel. Um, you know, it's not it's not super smooth like a, a normal stout, but it's not, you know, you don't have a lot of carbonation bite on it. It's just a good, even mouthfeel. I don't know how Harry does it when he I read a description of one of his beers and I go, ah, I'm not going to like this at all. And then I, was, <laughs> and I crack it and I drink it. I'm like, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. And I think it's because of what Matt had said about being well-balanced. Mm. I feel like if if this was something, you know, where it tasted like somebody just dumped <laughs> crafty tats is in this chat, just breaking us down here with the mouthfeel. <laughs> yeah, he's just getting emotes all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, just being well-balanced and not like, you know, tasting like Wawa is just dumping their syrupy lemonade into a coffee. <laughs> they like that. It's, it's giving me like all the like notes of the tart, like you said, like the yeast, just a hint of lemon and then just a hint of the like roasted malts, just a little bit, like nothing's too overpowering. Everything kind of stays pretty level throughout the entire journey of the beer. I think this is a summer stout. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. This, yeah. I would I love agree. to crack this out, uh, you know, on a nice summer day, but summer's not and stout it, season. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. See, I had this discussion actually re- actually today with uh, Orzo Ales and um, talking about how like, you know, you a lot of people drink like a stout that's thin and go, oh, this is a bad stout because it's not 10 percent and thick. And I think, you know, because so many breweries brew those three, six hour boil beers that are like syrup. And it's just like I, I enjoy a light bodied stout that I could drink all year round. I agree. I love um, the recent uh, recent thing on uh, one of our favorite Instagram accounts is uh, Untapped WTF, and uh, he's been posting these pictures of people rating uh, stouts, and they're rating them poorly because they read more like an ale. <laughs> you know, a stout <laughs> reading like an ale. How dare they? <laughs> uh, the Untapped community just. Uh, miserable it's miserable but also hilarious at the same time just from the outside looking in and untapped wtf just finds like the creme de la creme of awful and puts it on social media for us to enjoy and and this is and this is why i love today and tonight because this was like one of my challenges that i recently posted was you know go out and actually educate yourself about the beer because it will be that much rewarding when you drink a beer and understand what it actually is it's a craft in the end, and it's just people trashing on these beers. It's like they don't know what they're drinking. No, and and it's something that you know we've harped on. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have to rate beers on untapped because a majority of you have no idea. Much like us, have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. You know, and and beer it's highly subjective. Yeah, highly subjective. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you can't tell, you can't say that a beer is bad because you don't enjoy that style of beer. You yeah, know, very true. So, um, so now we're getting off our untapped soapbox. Yeah, we're going to yeah. step down a little bit. <laughs> we needed to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harry, how many beers have you brewed with the, uh, the Philly sour? So I have brewed. So I did send Matt the smoky sour, which was my first one that I brewed. Uh, the Lichtenheiner, however you pronounce it. 
Um, so right now, then there's this one. Um, and I did a, the same series, which is SSG, which is, I have the smoky and then I did a spicy sour with it too. Oh yeah. We could have had that on the podcast here too. That's sitting in my fridge. <laughs> I just saw it today. I went, Oh, I have to crack this still. <laughs> and yeah, that was another one. That was awesome. The smoky, the, the Lichtenheiner the, that Harry sent me was excellent. I mean, I hadn't had a, I hadn't had that style before. Um, and I really liked the way that the sour, the acidity kind of played the, the smoke. Um, and I remember having a conversation uh, on Instagram about it, reminiscing or, or rather trying to understand what other smoked malts would, would convey in that style. And so there's some really interesting things that I think that could be done. Um, with acidity that we otherwise don't think about because a lot of sour beers have been pretty straightforward um, or beautifully complex and and spontaneous fermentation. And I think that's a great thing about this yeast is we can get away from those very single noted uh, kettle sour beers. And because this, this just gives such a nice body and such a, such a nice profile to the beer, just using the Philly yeast. And you could do it in like 10 days which, you know, it's not like barrel aging a sour and spontaneous one year, two years. You can produce really quality sour beers quick. And that'll hopefully convey itself to a lot of commercial brewers uh, in, in being able to more readily make sour beers, get them on tap uh, and, and better inform drinkers yeah. of, of sour beers and sour styles, continuing to grow that side of the market. Yeah, definitely absolutely. helps the industry having something that's easily like brewed and to get it out there for yeah. the uh, for the consumers. Yeah, you know, you think on like a bigger scale of brewing, you know, it's always it, it comes down. You have to make money and stuff sitting in fermenters for a really long time. You know, that's costing you money. So something you can turn around pretty normal time for a beer and get a quality beer. I mean, it, I don't see why it hasn't exploded so much yet, but I'm sure you will see as more and more brewers are doing it and quality beers are being produced that it's going to spread quick. Yeah. My opinion on it is you don't see them as much because the spontaneous fermentation, beers that are sitting in barrels just continue to decline just because consumers don't appreciate the time and effort that Mm -hmm. goes into it. And so for a brewer to to make uh, his or her money back, you know, they have to be a little pricier bottle and people don't want to have to pay $20 or more for a 750 milliliter uh, bottle. And, so, you know, then bring in kettle souring, which, which helps brewers make sour beers faster, Quick buck, uh, yeah. but, but you're bringing in bacteria, uh, lactobacillus and, into your process. You're tying up your, your, your boil kettle by, by essentially incubating that lactobacillus bacteria in that boil kettle for commercial brewers. That's a real challenge because a lot of brewers are making beer every day. Uh, And so if you're asking them to take their boil kettle and just use it as an incubator for two days, you know, that's two days less beer production that they can make. Um, And so this is just a a yeast that, that brewers are putting in their fermenter. Uh, And so you can use this just like any other yeast. But it's just, yeah, it's just more of a benefit for their industry because like you said, it's not tying up anything for them. They're able to make it quickly and still focus on other brewing endeavors. And, and I think the other positive with it too is um, the fact that you can actually brew with hops and then it's somewhat IBU tolerant, which is you can still brew 
a sour IPA without having to blend, you know, a uh, lacto beer with an IPA. Foreshadowing, and we'll be talking about one later. Mm. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Man, Harry, you got all the transitions down. You looking for a job? <laughs> <laughs> he brought his he brought his oh, yeah. a game for guest host. We're gonna make this the three you, musketeers. Well, you, you know me and yeast. I love yeast. I know hops are sexy and yeast isn't when it really should be the opposite. Because without yeast, you don't have beer. But without hops, you have beer. Experience well, really trying is, to butter me up here. <laughs> <laughs> X, X beer's social media is always making yeast sexy. I see the oh. I, I see the uh, the filters you put on that yeast. um and before we move on i do have to recognize we are reading uh the chat zeppi and we do love you uh that's our actions they speak louder than words i know yeah messy zeppi there you go um so matt can you go into so how did the the philly sour yeast yeast become a thing uh in West Philadelphia, born, born and raised, raised. <laughs> in a graveyard is where it spent most of his days. Um, <laughs> so we go we, on. Uh, I wish I had. I, I wish I had the Fresh Prince theme song ready. <laughs> Poor planning on our part. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, so I engage a lot of students in research, and we have a, a graduate certificate in brewing science, which is uh, a program that trains brewers in commercial beer production with a, with a emphasis on quality and consistency. So we have a lot of brewers that are, that are in our area. Uh, I've come through our program and are now uh, doing really good things uh, in our, in our region. But I also am a part of university, which has a very large undergraduate constituency. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to convey beer research to undergraduates. Um, most of them not being 21, of course, <laughs> and so we do a, yeah, a they're not drinking beer. We, we do a project where we teach basic methods in microbiology and molecular biology by going out and trying to isolate wild yeast. And so students learn kind of basic lab techniques, aseptic culturing, which, which means just being as sanitary as possible so that we don't bring in any other types of wild bacteria or yeast. You know, we're covered in bacteria and, and yeast, hopefully more bacteria than yeast, but, um, uh, so it remains to be so seen. It, it's a project that, that I, I can use to engage a lot of different students to teach basic lab methods while trying to do something fun and interesting and valuable for, for me. And that's the characterization and identification of novel fermenting yeast. So we have isolated hundreds, um, probably thousands uh, of yeast through the last um, six or seven years. And this was the, the unicorn. This was the needle in the haystack where we do an enrichment where we're trying to isolate fermenters. And it just so happened when we were testing this one, uh, I noticed uh, it was creating acid. And, and I first thought it was contaminated um, with some type of lactobacillus bacteria that was making lactic acid. Uh, and after further isolating it, further studying it in the lab, we realized we had a yeast that was making both lactic acid and ethanol, which is very unique. So where was, where was the uh, where was it cultivated from? 
So it was uh, isolated from a dogwood tree uh, in the Woodland Cemetery. So the Woodland Cemetery is uh, adjacent to the University of Sciences. Uh, and so we had first started just swabbing plants, trees, berries, and, and things that we, flowers that we could find on campus. Okay. And what we were finding was pretty one-dimensional. Um, I, I grew suspicious of the landscaping company that was on campus <laughs> because I don't know what they're spraying and, and oh, yeah. I know they're, they're spraying some kind of fungicide. I said, we should probably take a walk uh, to a park and, and try to do some sampling there. Uh, and so we walked over to the Woodland Cemetery and one of my students came back with with uh, some interesting samples, one of which was from a dogwood tree. And this happened to be uh, the strain that we called in the lab before it was Philly Sour. It was called GY7B. And so the designation was GY for graveyard. It was the seventh isolate. And there was actually a, um, a mixed culture. There was an A and a B. And I think A was a, a Hansenia spora. Which, which has some traction in the industry, but it didn't do much uh, that was interesting. Of course, this was the real winner. Man, you had it. You had an opportunity to call it something cool, like death yeast or something, <laughs> some, something a little bit more metal. Some, yeah, some metal. <laughs> something tells me people wouldn't want to drink a beer made with death yeast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You, you have Harry making a Swedish uh, a Swedish <laughs> beer. With death yeast? Well, oh, my God. Scandinavia would I explode. I know. <laughs> it's funny because I did just brew another beer with Philly yeast. Um, it's my pickle goza that I brew. And it is actually my logo for that. I don't know if you if you, if you look at my website, but my logo is a bunch of, of undead uh, cucumbers. So I guess it's kind of fitting there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so back to your, to the beer, I don't know, Dan, have you gotten any change in the beer since it kind of mellowed out to room temperature? No, I think my palate is really, um, I've had like a really pleasant, um, kind of like coffee aftertaste throughout the entire, um, like just sipping on this beer, like kind of like that first cup of coffee in the morning where you're just sitting there and just like, this is a, like, it was like really good cup of coffee and it kind of sits on the back of your throat a little bit, but like with the lemonade, it kind of washes out the palate and then comes back like fresh again. So it's not getting like a stale coffee taste in the back of my throat. Every time I sip it, it's just like a mm -hmm. new, new experience on the palate again. So for me, it's like, I, I feel like the, the sour has kind of mellowed out a little bit, kind of, um, melded together with the uh with the the stout flavor um it's not as forward i guess what i would say on that yeah um but it, it's they're all coming together in harmony it's yeah it's really like it, nice yeah just keep harking back to it but the well balanced uh for that is definitely uh something oh is that our new follower beep right there? that is a new follower beep oh that was nice <laughs> Yeah, thanks for the for the follow. No, God, this sounds so much like chatterbait. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I have to take off my shirt. <laughs> do I? Do I have to? Dan? <laughs> you want to be in Hollywood, don't you? <laughs> oh man, the pandemic has made it hard for a lot of people. Yeah, desperation. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> need to make a dollar. What I was going to say now after that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man. But I think it's really interesting the whole story behind this because we did have a home brewer on, you know, last season who we had his sour saison where he, you know, he cultivated his yeast from flowers in his buddy's backyard. So that was kind of cool to like have that story from like 
from that kind of, you know, this is, I'm doing this in my garage to we're doing this in a lab at a college kind of, right. uh, just kind of story, just seeing like the similarities, but also it's just a fun journey for both of them. Yeah. That was like the wildest experience or the wildest story that we've heard, uh, up to that point was that he went out in a field in Boyertown and <laughs> cultivated yeast from a bunch of wildflowers. Did somebody's rocket ship take off? <laughs> Is that you, Harry? What happened? Yeah, that's 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 my. Uh, I'll turn that off. That's that's my uh, fly call system. <laughs> oh that is such a <laughs> that is such that a beer nerd thing best. right there I, I thought we just broke twitch that is the no, most that, appropriate that was, interruption of a like craft beer podcast we've ever had yeah, that, that <laughs> hold on that's my glycol <laughs> that's that's harry's sound machine that may, helps him go to sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> it's just steady glycol hum <laughs> <laughs> the uh but yeah, there. I actually just cultivated my own yeast too, and I. Uh, there's a company out there, Bootleg Biology. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but uh, they do some real cool stuff where they're actually like they have like one of the largest um, uh, yeast banks of like just people's yeast in their backyard, and so like they send you, you buy a kit and you can you get like uh, the agar, you make your agar plates, you do your swipe. Um, and you can actually cultivate, it's like a little kit to cultivate your own yeast. Um, obviously not as crazy as doing it in a, in a lab, but I was able to actually get a decent beer off of it. I feel like yeah, that, that's like Harry sitting in his kitchen with like my first science kit. Yeah. <laughs> Put, <laughs> putting yeast in there, like, and then putting it in the little, uh, the little like easy bake oven, like a little a 60 watt light bulb powering it. <laughs> he was throwing all those words together and you and me are just sitting there looking at him and I just see Matt shaking his head. Like he knew every single word and we're just like, yeah, <laughs> how do I yeah, make I know the boot? I know bootleg bio and, and they've done, they've done just that. They sell little kits that they, they sell, yeah. uh, they, they ship across the, the country to, for, you know, aspiring East Wranglers. And, uh, I'll stand on my soapbox and, and just talk about some of the differences between, you know, home brewer wrangling and, and and what we do. And so we obviously characterize, isolate, uh, individual strains and, and get them sequenced so that we know what we're working with. And we find a lot of opportunistic pathogenic yeast. So candida, for example, um, candida is the yeast that causes yeast infections. And for, for us, it's not a problem. You know, if we were to, to look at all of the yeast that are in a Lambic, for example, you might find a Candida. Uh, it's out there. But, you know, I always have to stress being a, an academic in quality, uh, a professor of quality, if you will, uh, that we don't want to be releasing commercial beers made with an opportunistic pathogenic yeast. In fact, it's actually not legal. Um, so I do caution folks that are that are making uh, wild yeast to try to get it characterized, uh, before yep. it goes, it goes commercial. Um, because we don't ever want a worst case scenario, uh, in, in, in someone getting some kind of fungal infection because of a, of a beer. I thought that, that, that I'm going to whole... text my buddy in a little bit and just make sure we're okay. Oh, I know I, <laughs> that whole sentence just started sounding like hums to me. I, I thought I was going to have a stroke. I'm just over here. Like, 
Did, did I get uh, a yeast I infection from Greg's beer? <laughs> <laughs> did Greg's beer give me a yeast infection? <laughs> uh, that being said, we did find a strain called Candida Tropicalis. It makes a pretty decent beer. I tried it. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was it Rogue that did the beard beer, right? Like a while ago. I don't know if they still make that or not. Yeah, I have that bottle here uh, somewhere in my basement. Right, but the head brewer just got these from his beard. Oh, God. Yeah, you <laughs> know, a, he just drank a Hefeweizen and then didn't strangling. take a shower the night before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zeppi, you might have just named the uh, you might have just named the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeast wrangling. I love it. Al um, is requesting that you grab some yeast from his hockey gloves. Jesus Christ. That be- oh, that's <laughs> probably nasty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> all right. We're going to keep it PG for the most yeah, part. We're, yeah. We're going to try and keep it as uh <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Zeppi. <laughs> yeah. Really throwing a wrench in there. Um, but overall, so uh, Harry, the, uh, the, the Swedish chef beer, um, really easy drinker. This was uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see myself drinking a couple of these. And this is um, coming from somebody who like, I came in low with this being like, this may be the first beer I go, Harry, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> but I, uh, I enjoyed this, uh, start to finish. I love it. Yeah. Um, so cheers to that. Um, so Matt, can you explain to us what, beer or what uh brewing sciences is brewing science is just uh, an understanding of the process uh beyond putting a couple ingredients together you know and, and letting magic happen you know it's taking brewing beyond the art which there's certainly an art i think harry's is you know beautifully artistic in what he's doing and being able to envision kind of different recipes and ingredients and and how it all is going to fit together into a beer science is then taking that beauty you know that artistic beer and making it every time you know getting into a commercial production and making that the same so that every time you drink in um the the Caffel Lemon, that it tastes exactly the same. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of that is understanding some of the underlying science. It's understanding fermentation and yeast health and um, what, the, what that role that plays. It's understanding mash chemistry and how all the temperatures and acidity of that mashing conditions influences the sugar profile. Uh, therefore the sugars that are available for the yeast to ferment. And obviously I could go on and on and on, which is why I wrote a book on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Book plug. (laughs) Uh, Does he have it? I was going to say you have the, you have the shirt on, you have the glass, bring the book out. (laughs) Harry, do you have that on your bookshelf? I have the e version of it. So yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't own physical media anymore. He's transcended physical media. (laughs) Yeah, virtual bookshelf. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. We're we're almost. We're about forty five minutes. I think we're doing good timing here to to fit a three beer. This is a three beer episode, which is yeah. It's nice that we're going light though with them all too. So they're all you know respectively pretty, you know. Wait, what? They're sub 10% ABV? Yeah. Yeah, Tom, I'm sorry. 1.25s across the board. Oh, man, he's going on untapped right now. Yeah, I'm getting all hurt. Scathing reviews going through now. They're not high enough in ABV. Stout? 6%? (laughs) 
Here comes the craft beer, Karen. <laughs> Here comes the 0. 0.75. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move forward with our uh, our second beer of the night. We'll let Harry grab another beer, and yeah. then again, uh, my apologies, Harry, we couldn't get all those beers out to you in that cesspool you call a state. Uh, I mean, yeah. And Matt, hey, if you if you live closer, I would have totally come out. <laughs> Matt and Matt just, threw, Matt just threw the re- remaining amount of his beer in a beer bong and got down on one knee and <laughs> took it straight to the dome. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> Honestly, I've never seen a professor take a beer bong like that before. <laughs> uh, I was called Matty Ice. As soon as you said that in college, I was like, oh, I've had some friends named that, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our second beer that we're going to do is uh, a nice little segue into a. Uh, a guest that we're going to be having into a on future in, episode. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Uh, and then in two episodes from now, we're going to be having on the, uh, the co-owner of this, uh, this fine brewery here. Uh, we're going to be doing fracture the bell. It's a passion fruit, sour IPA by Levante. Uh, and Levante is one of my personal favorite breweries around here. So, um, when I saw this, I actually, I reached out to them directly, you know, slid into their DMS and went, Hey, you guys using that Philly sour yeast in this? As soon as they said, yes, I was like, Tom, 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 I'm getting this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Philadelphia, a place that fractures the norms of what is thought to be possible. Where else can one find an IPA brew with locally discovered yeast that possesses an array of tart, Orchard-like mannerisms plunged into a melee of passion fruit puree and dank, juicy fruit flavor derived from Idaho 7 and Strata hop resins. Capsulated in plush, sweet milk sugar coating, let freedom ring. 6.4% alcohol by volume. Um, hype beer right here. 4.08 on untapped. Ooh, I like it. We're, we bo- First two beers are, are uh, above four, which is, uh, you know, you love to see it. Um. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one star because I didn't get it. Oh, oh, right. Harry. Okay. I mean, uh, going <laughs> off the uh, going off the uh, the untapped curve. I I, th- I think that's fair. I was gonna say well, rating. well, after we crack these and we begin to pour them, Harry, you can go over uh, the beer that you're drinking over there. All right. So we're gonna be drinking Fracture the Bell. Um, I think we can get a we can get a uh, a succinct crack here, boys. Let's do it, guys. I think we can do it. I believe in us. Is it on? Is it one two three or one two three? Go. Yeah, uh, just I one two. last time. One two three and then crack. Okay, so it's after three or on three. At, so it's on three. No, uh, if, no at one two three <laughs> crack. <laughs> okay. All right. One one two three. No I, crack. Get one two three and then crack. So it's after three. Okay. Yes, after three. One two three. And then there it is. <laughs> Guys, we'll get it by the next beer. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, this is going to be hard for me to guide the whole one by myself now. Dan's going to be Dan's going to be Garth when uh, when Wayne walks off. <laughs> so <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry, what are you drinking while we're pouring these bad so boys? So Wayne's World was a uh, was a movie that was in the '90s, uh, starring oh, uh, we're moving up, <laughs> starring Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were big actors in the '90s. <laughs> come on, Harry's trying to talk about his beer. He's, yeah, come on, it's, it's, he's it's trying beer. to talk it's about nuts Nana's, and sack. Nana's house, <laughs> uh, Hackensack Brewing, which is a local spot to me, and it's just a blonde ale with peaches and cinnamon. Hmm. Oh, 
All right, Harry. Uh, Harry drinks like he brews. Uh, food inspired. Yeah. I like that Hackensack, another name from New Jersey that I hate to try and pronounce. <laughs> Hoboken. Hohocus. Hohocus. Hey, Hocus Pocus. I grew up in Hocus. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's this is, a this tastes beautiful or uh, smells beautiful on the nose already. And I yeah. can't wait. Um, right, boys. Cheers, guys. Salancha. Ding. Cheers. Well, I'm going to get my, uh, my plugging out here. Oh yeah. I think we both have Levante glasses here. Nice. (laughs) Well, with the TQ, I really wanted the sour and the fruits to really come out in this one. So I brought the right, uh, right glass for it. Heavy on the passion fruit on the nose. Definitely. Head retention is pretty fantastic on this one. So my, my wife had this last night. Holy shit. And she was like, she's like, I think I might be in love with this. Wow. <laughs> they didn't lie when they said it was a sour IPA. Woo. It, what's crazy it's about it. It's got my too, adenoids ringing. It's got that tartness, but you can taste the hops too, like at the end, which is really nice. Like the Strata and the Idaho 7 that they're using in it really comes out nicely at the end. Yeah, this definitely has more acidity uh, than Harry's beer. Um, oh. Definitely more biting. But it, com- <laughs> it complements that. Uh, that that fruit that that passion fruit the citrus uh, it, it shines yeah um so i've only ever had one other sour ipa before and that was um hoagie the dog by stickman yes and theirs was very dry uh, it was reminiscent of like a chardonnay like a like a dry white wine um hmm. this is um this is very very sour uh, to me, at least on my palate, super sour. Um, I think the the first sip that I had kind of threw me off because I wasn't expecting like yeah. a, a punch in the adenoids there. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, but it, a, after my second, you know, after my second sip, and you know, knowing what to expect, I definitely get that that uh, roll. You know, it was like fruit sour and then it rolled off to a little bit of that that hop flavor at the yes. end which is really enjoyable yeah the hop flavoring and everything in this is very enjoyable um and that's what kind of drew it to me it doesn't have that syrupy like sour that kind of stays on your adenoids like a kettle sour would it's it's a lot cleaner of a finish especially with that hop characteristic in there <clears throat> yeah, as, yeah and i think one of the things that, that's really interesting from a brewing perspective uh, is that with Philly sour, you can actually dial in the acidity. So if you want to push a little bit more acidity, what you want to do is essentially add more simple sugars, uh, just uh, glucose or, or a, a dextrose powder. And so you can essentially just add that to, to your mash um, or rather to your boil kettle to bump up more acidity. So we, we think that Philly sour is using those simple sugars to make acid and more complex sugars like maltose, maltotriose to, to make the alcohol. So the acid production is, is up front pretty fast. Mm-hmm. The alcohol yeah. production's uh, on the tail end. Yeah, and, and uh, you, can, you can see that too when you're actually fermenting it because I, I have clear fermenters, so you can see the difference between that, that acid and acidic versus the uh, actual fermentation going on. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know the recipe for this beer, but I wouldn't be surprised if they added a little bit of dextrose. 
I into it at the start of fermentation. And you could also get some more, if they added the, the fruit puree sooner or earlier in fermentation, you're going to get a little bit more acid out of it as well. Damn, those burps are lethal. Oh, did I get a good yeah. one? For that? <laughs> oh my! It's, it's just, I was going to say like it took a, a lemonade, right a lemonade there. stout, and then going into this, like I knew I was going to have something fierce come up at him. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, and that barbecue you had before the podcast. Oh, so. you mean the grilled cheese barbecue? Yes. Oh yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a good pre-episode dinner. Let me tell you. So this is with vanilla as well on the side it says it, there's a, like a milk sugar or something yeah that passion use? fruit and vanilla and it contains lactose which it's uh, i mean fairly clear for a lactose beer i'd like well, to i mean lactose, lactose shouldn't really yeah it doesn't really I, I mean i'm just going off of every lactose beer that i've had as had some it's the new england ipa that's why yeah, I mean, I've had some good milkshake IPAs that were, and I've sent them to Tom. I'm like, I was like, I mean, clarity on them were, were nice. I mean, it's just really kind of there to kind of soften either the hop bite or in this case, I think it's really put in there to soften the, the, yeah, the sweetness to kind yeah. of soften the tart a little bit and yeah. bring out the hops a little bit more. Yeah, and the lactose is going to round out the, the body a little bit, give you a little bit of sweetness. Uh, which I think with a sour can, can help to try to balance some of that harsh acidity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, this, you know, if you did, if they didn't say that there was lactose in it, I don't know if I'd know it. Uh, it it's, no, it was, I think it, subtle. It was yeah. very surprising when I, when very I read that inside of the can. That's how I like my lactose. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> some of the IPAs, uh, milkshake IPAs I've been discovering lately with just a hint of it have been very subtle and I've kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, our, our buddies at 10.7 just put out a, a picture of uh, their, I think it was their vanilla milky, milky, shaky, shaky. Oh, yeah, that's very, yeah. Super clear. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it, I mean, it's a very creamy mouthfeel on the milky, milky, shaky, shaky um, that really comes from that. Yeah, I, I brought mouthfeel into that again. Harry, don't get too excited. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you say mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it does give it like a creamy and like the name is called milky milky shaky right. shaky. it's got a milkshake kind of mouthfeel to it when you're drinking it but with this it does add a sweetness that really like you said it kind of helps to um like extinguish the acidity to a to an extent like you get some of that tart acidity and then the sweetness really kind of um balances it out oh yeah this is um super enjoyable once you get past the um I mean, I, I've, I've mentioned it already. For me, it was just a really unexpected sour punch. Um, yeah. But, you know, once you get past that, it's super enjoyable. Yeah, this was refreshing because the last couple months for me have been just like, you know, malty, you know, stouts and some really like heavy IPAs. So when I saw this sour IPA kind of come out, I wanted something to, you know, almost like a palate cleanser, you know. I mean, it re definitely reads more towards the sour side than the IPA side. Definitely. Um, so Matt, how did you end up at, uh, how did you end up at, uh, youth sciences? I actually started out, uh, right out of graduate school. So I got my doctorate, uh, at the university of Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm sorry. You're Dr. Matthew guy Farber. All my life. Yeah. yeah. It's Dr. Matty Ice. I, I remember. It's Dr. Matty oh, yes, Ice. Yes, it is. Dr. Matty right. Ice. Yes. <laughs> Your friends weren't Dr. Matty Ice. 
<laughs> so I, 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 sorry, I had to interrupt there. I was, uh, I, I thought Dan was just being, uh, facetious there when he was saying the doctor. Um, doctor? so where, where did you study in Pittsburgh? At University of Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I didn't study beer. I, you know, I studied, uh, blood vessels and branching, how, how, how they branched and can, you know, work their way into cancer. Um, but that's, we don't need to talk about that. Cause I haven't thought about it in, in 10 years. <laughs> uh, Took a real hard I right. A, <laughs> I was a hobby home brewer, like, like a lot of people. Uh, I, and of course I, I, I was a very nerdy hobby home brewer, uh, read everything I could was self-trained and, and got a lot of, uh, experience in teaching and education as well. Uh, and so when I started at the university of sciences, I was technically called a teaching postdoctoral fellow. So I was teaching some graduate classes in biotechnology, uh, molecular biology while doing research. And so I started doing some research on yeast, uh, and fermentation and, and, um, not to get into any details. It just came to a point one day where my boss said, uh, you have to decide what you want to be when you grow up. Cause uh, I was studying HIV and Alzheimer's and beer. <laughs> and I said, I would, I would teach beer and brewing uh, if I could, but there are like no professorships. There, there are no educational programs at universities that, that are teaching beer. And, and certainly there's a few, you know, UC Davis and Oregon state and no, you know, nowhere close to, to Philadelphia. Uh, and so we, pitched the program to, to the administration and here we are. So that's awesome. So you actually started the program. Yep. Yep. 2015. Awesome. Wow. That, and that's super new still like 2015 yeah. to think about like, yeah, that's recent. Yeah. To think about how long like craft beer has just been around and not having something as close to the East coast as what, and like you said, Oregon was the only, uh, Vermont, right? I think yeah, American Brewers Guild uh, is in Vermont. Okay, uh, which is a diploma-based program. They're not affiliated with the university, but okay. very well known. Uh, a lot of great brewers have come out of that program. But that's the only spot on the East Coast as uh, until 2015 when you started. There are a few others uh, in the South. I think the Appalachian State, um, Virginia Tech. Okay, uh, but some of those all started around the same time as us. Okay, um, so when we started putting together the proposal for our program, I, there were maybe ten or twelve uh, academic programs for brewing, and obviously there are over eight thousand breweries in the U.S. And there's clearly a need for for trained professionals, and, and all of our folks have relatively easy times finding jobs. And they're doing well, doing good things. Uh, I mean, are you at liberty to to name any brewers that are out there that have come out of your program? Yeah, Dave uh, is one of the the first uh, brewers that that graduated from a program. We started Urban Village. Dave Goldman. Oh wow! Um, so uh, I actually I have one of his beers uh, here, Linguini Legs that he made with Philly Sour. Oh, there we go, <laughs> Philly Sour right there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're up in, uh, Northern liberties in Philly. That's upside down, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's very cool though. I like yeah. the, uh, linguini legs right there. <laughs> so, so uh, you being in, in microbiology, were you always, like you said, I guess this, this was just a decision after studying microbiology, you wanted to go into beer, beer. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm the, you know, the, I consider myself an academic brewer and I mentioned I was trained in, in teaching education, not formally in, in brewing and the way that that's been influenced with how we approach our, our teaching and, and our curriculum at the university. So I have over 20 instructors that come in and guest lecture, you know, experts from the industry, from victory yards, uh, iron Hill, um, all over the place, uh, yingling. Uh, and so, we lean, you know, I cover a lot of the underlying science. We get a, that contrast with the practical uh, so that our, our brewers are getting, you know, both, both sides because uh, I think it's important for them to understand the underlying science to help them make informed decisions. But of course, you know, the, the real world and the practical world uh, is not the ivory tower world. So, you know, that's a big theme that I always speak share with our students. I'm going to tell them the ivory tower way, which is not the, the way to brew. And so it's important for them to consider that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Cause I'm, uh, I'm an engineer and I wish that there was, I, I went to Stevens here in Jersey. I wish there was some sort of beer classes cause it's just so cool. And it's just like, it makes sense that anywhere would teach it because I mean, it is biology, you know, it's, yeah, I appreciate that. And and we we have a microbiology of beer lab and, and we actually do this yeast hunting project that I was describing. Uh, my brewers are doing it uh, with, the, with the idea that we need to cultivate yeast for brewing. And there's a lot of similar methods that we use in the yeast hunting project that, uh, that a brewer would use in managing yeast uh, in their in their brewery. Um, so we, we have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to let uh, let Dan and I know when your next yeast hunt is on. We'll we'll come out with our pickaxes and <laughs> our our coveralls, and I'm know. just gonna put my bird watching gear on and just get out there with it. I'm gonna show put up on my a, cargo shorts. I'm gonna show up with one of those little pans that they <laughs> shake for gold. <laughs> Some hockey gloves on it. Yeah, it's great hearing about this because like my under my undergrad beer education experience was like a 24 pack of red stripe in the basement in Westchester, Pennsylvania. <laughs> So <laughs> this is refreshing. Uh, same here. I drank Natty Ice, you know. So yeah, who, who did? Who didn't? Yeah, know? right. Like, <laughs> I was a big. So I, I went to college out in Pittsburgh as well, and uh, uh, ours was Jacob's Best, which is no longer around. No longer beer. And that, <laughs> Probably for good reason. Yeah, that'll that'll give you a good idea of the quality of the beer. <laughs> oh, also Red Dog. Drink Red Dog? Uh, I remember Red Dog. I never drank Red Dog. Oof, that was the cheapest beer you could find and probably the worst. By the time we began drinking, I think they stopped doing cases and there were only like 40 ounces of Red Dog that you could get. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember seeing it as a kid, like the commercials. And then like by the time like we were in college, I'm like, oh, I'll find some Red Dog. And they only had it in 40 ounce bottles. It is not a good choice to make at uh, 2 a.m. No. <laughs> Nothing good happens you talk, after. You talk quality, though. A lot of those beers are the same every time you drink them. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about that. Um, and you've kind of alluded to it talking about your brew science is the consistency. You know, having a consistent brew every time is like something these big companies do because they have that. They have that facility. They can do it. And that's why we were super excited to, to partner with Lalamon too, to, to get this yeast out into as many hands as possible. And so it's really awesome that we were able to find this yeast. But then it's really cool that Lalamon was able to make it into a dry yeast. And so just like you would go to the grocery store and buy a dry yeast for, for bread making, that's the way that this yeast is, is being distributed. Uh, and so not every yeast can be made into a dry yeast. So we are really 
fortunate that that it could be. Uh, the Fleischmanns <laughs> of beer. <laughs> How did that uh, partnership come about? Uh, I know uh, the, the the head of sales, uh, Lalamon, very well. So I had some connections to the company. Um, we worked together on some research when she worked uh, at uh, DSM, uh, which sells uh, Brewers Clarex, which is a whole other story for, for another podcast, but it essentially <laughs> helps make clear beer. Um, and so that was just the connection that we had. And, and so we, we pitched the, the yeast to a couple different companies, all among included. And we just kept the conversation going. It went into their R and D lab. They were excited about how it was performing. Obviously they could make it into a dry version, which was important for, for them. Uh, and, and then we launched it. Yeah. Yeah, it took years though. I mean, we, we were in talks to do this for two or three years you know, before it finally got up to market. And it makes it makes sense. That's that. Yeah. Like you said, like dry yeast is so easy to work with shelf stable. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. So, um, as we, as we pass over an hour here, um, I think we had some things that, uh, that our friend, uh, and past guest, um, Hannah from naked brewing, Oh no. uh, had <laughs> brought to us, uh, brought to our attention about, uh, our, our guest Matt here. Uh, we asked for the dirt, Matt, and we got we, we we got some we got some fun things we can talk about here while we enjoy this beer. <laughs> I mean, it's not all it's not all you know beer nerd education heavy. Sometimes uh sometimes we like to uh, sometimes we like to get into some dance music. Yeah. <laughs> More specifically, we like to get into Eurovision dance music. Right, Matt? <laughs> I love Eurovision. And I only just got into it in the last uh, year or two. You guys ever watch Eurovision? I, I saw I saw the movie. On, was it Netflix? Are you, are you talking yeah, about Euro Trip? I guess that's what <laughs> yeah. got me into it. Yeah. So, what, so, oh, so it was the Netflix movie that got you into that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. And so then I went down a YouTube rabbit hole watching all kinds of Eurovision uh, um contests and and the hits and the, the most popular shows you know if and i if, if i knew we were going to do this i would have i would have set it up to be able to to play some eurovision compilations but uh yeah this was actually i've got well. one here that i'm gonna i'm gonna send to you right now as we're talking about this from uh from hannah that she put in our chat so let me just send this over to you is she on right now no she uh she sent this to us a little while ago and i had to uh <laughs> I had to grab this. So the, there is a um, YouTube video that one of the 2020 Eurovision contests uh, was Little Big out of Russia. They have some yeah. crazy YouTube videos. So if you're at home, that's uh, uh, that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm pulling up right now. Or I'm when you're right done <laughs> when you're done listening or watching Twitch, uh, watching us, check out Little Big on YouTube. They have some crazy videos. But they the the contest that they did for Eurovision was called Uno, U N O, and it's amazing. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We're going to get some audio here for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I'm bringing up a little bit of audio here for little big Uno. Uh, let's see here. Okay. This is, Euro uh, this vision. is so Euro. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to go down this rabbit hole. Oh man. We need to get those outfits. Oh my God. Oh, my God. 
this guy. I'm gonna call you my sweet <laughs> so uh so you're into this huh this is like a mix <laughs> this is like a uh this is a mix of aqua the that band that sang barbie girl oh yeah and and that that weird uh that weird um english band uh die ant word <laughs> die ant word yeah the, the one that did uh that movie die chappy Ant-word. yeah yeah they did that movie chappy they're super weird <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I think we found our intro song. <laughs> wait till wait till they start doing the uh, the hip dance. Dan, we oh, holy shit! Wow, we got to get a screen That's for this. Right, <laughs> yeah, you're probably well beyond the copyright time, so you probably oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's uh fucking it's good twi- that, it's good that we have matt on the podcast yeah no twitch <laughs> twitch will smack us with a uh a dcma uh strike so yeah we need to keep that on the uh on the low there um that was beautiful though uh so oh, matt dan uh, we need to get we need to get these shirts yeah well first i mean first all right first first we lose the weight then we get the shirts. Okay. Then we get the viewers. I, I mean, it's just. And then we go to a, we go yeast wrangling in these outfits with Matt. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm like halfway to that mustache. I just need to, I need it to grow down this way. I need to, cult- it's just, I need to cultivate down here. So it, yeah, it's just fantastic. I mean, if, you, if, if you wear those track pants long enough without washing them, you probably got some yeast. <laughs> I probably could cultivate some yeast off this track jacket. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen it clean. I mean, is it clean? Do you clean that often, or is it just staying sure, here? Sure, it's clean. It's clean enough. He only wears it for the podcast, um, and he's only he's been wearing it since Hannah. So, how many episodes is that? I don't even know. It's a it. I think the only time I took it off was for our Christmas episode. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> And I had to peel it. It was like, it was like fused to my skin. You know, like Man, if the- you can come over here and cultivate Tom, a Tom K <laughs> yeast and we can do that's a, smart. and we can do a collab. This could be the collab right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, like to- my, that's like my Ryan Howard Jersey from 2008. You know, it hasn't been touched and all kinds <laughs> of mustard stains on there. We can, we can ah, the dollar dog night sour ale. <laughs> yeah. <indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. All right. Um, uh, well, before you get into anything, I just want to say this right now about this beer. Um, as we're drinking this beer, we have officially hit 100 beers on our untapped as of the fracture of the bell. I should probably, yeah. What's wrong with the beer we got? I mean, the go. beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? And again, everybody, Budweiser, you, you can, you can Budweiser. You can follow us on Untapped. Budweiser at Best Best Friends Pod again. Tom, that's Best Best Friends P O D. P O D. You say yes. You're a good band. Yeah, pretty good band. Southern California. Yeah, drop it. There you go. It's a little delayed. It's fun for the very first time. A hundred beers, guys. There we you hit a hundred beers on the podcast. Now it's time for Sunny to come on the podcast for real. Yeah, we'll get POD on. Don't yeah, worry. We'll get a one. All right. <clears throat> uh, guys, final thoughts on this beer? I don't know. Are you guys, are, Matt, how are you doing on this beer? 
it's coming through uh, fruit now. It's becoming a little more uh, juicy and not the juicy that we would describe a, a New England IPA, but I think that passion fruit is, is just really taken to the forefront. But what I find with this beer, which I find with a lot of beers made with Philly Sour, is that that puckering dries out your palate. And it's like, I, I need another sip. It's like it lingers on your on your palate, on your tongue. And it's kind of a, it's, it's like, like that, I said, a drying effect. It's like that bowl of pretzels on the, uh, on the, on the bar <laughs> yeah. top. Mm-hmm. You just can't keep your hands out of it. Yeah. And Which, uh, we'll probably never can, see again now after no, COVID. No, I was going to say neither, <laughs> neither can the other, uh, 150 patrons of the bar. <laughs> That's one thing I'm going to miss. That's how we build immunity. So yeah. It's called herd immunity. Ever heard of it? Huh. Sweden. <laughs> Oh man, here comes Harry on his soapbox. No, I completely agree. Uh, the sour for me has kind of gone down a little bit, and I agree. Um, it's sweet. juicier, yeah, yeah like, like more passion fruit forward. Yep, I would agree. Um, still reads more like a sour than an IPA for me. Definitely. I've kind of lost a little bit of that, um, the earthiness from the, from the hops, the hops at the end there. Yeah. It's gotten a lot sweeter for me. Um, I'm kind of losing the hops a little bit on it and it's just all passion fruit for me. I'm still, I mean, still very enjoyable. Um, but you know, as a, as the hop master general here, I like my sexy hops. You're, you're never going to get a a sour IPA that that's that hoppy unless they do a, a actual blending. Yeah. It's, it's just you can't do it. It's not physically possible. It's you, you can't do it because yeah, if you do, I mean, if you were to add the amount of hops they do in an IPA with with the any souring bacteria, you're going to kill that souring bacteria. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's why we brought you on here. Yeah, I I don't I can't even really recall with uh with the uh, hoagie the dog if they I, I don't recall the hop level in that one. Not yeah, really. Yeah. I, I really got more so got like the dryness of like, like right. you said, like a Chardonnay. Right. Yeah. Like a wine kind of. It, it's going to always, you know, you, uh, a, it, there's no such thing as a sour IPA, really, just because it's, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of an IPA. No, I get it. Um, it's just. Is it possible this story is true? False. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're right. It's <laughs> fact. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will take any chance yeah. that I can get to, to play Jonathan Frakes. He's been waiting to use those sound drops. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, so has there, Matt, has there been a, uh, I would say, has there been a beer that has stood out above the others um, that have used the, the Philly yeast? Yeah, um, I can think of a, of a few, which I'll, so I'll try to keep short. Uh, the very first beer, commercial beer that I know of that was made and released um, was from Tired Hands. Uh, okay. First beer that was made with Philly Sour. Uh, and they made a sour IPA with a, a hop called the Bruce, uh, which, which I hadn't yet experienced, um, and I haven't had it again. So um, no, I, don't know much of, I don't know I've much about it. But it was a, I believe it's a New Zealand hop. Don't quote me on it. Um, but I think that was a good example of being even more hop forward. So, you know, I think when you were just talking about sour IPAs and not really 
striking an IPA in your mind. It's just because the sour has such a cloying effect overall on flavor. It, yeah. it kind of masks a lot of what's going on. And so I think it's going to take a, uh, some work to, to try to make that more of a style and try to accentuate the flavors that you want without adding fruits to it. Um, and so that first one that they made and in, in, in my understanding of it did not have any fruits added to it. Uh, okay. so that was a, that was a nice, uh, sour IPA. Um, I really like, uh, uh, triple bottom brewing company has, uh, an anniversary ale that they made called lightning in a bottle. Oh. And it's a, it's a, a farmhouse style. Uh, in that they started with Philly sour, they let it do the souring up front, but then they finished it with a Saison strain. And from a brewing perspective, if you're going to try to throw in a different brewing strain, uh, you want to give Philly sour a head start. Uh, it gets out competed by other yeasts. Other yeasts are just able to consume the sugars a lot faster. So you let Philly sour do its souring. Uh, contribute a little bit of flavor, then put in your Britannomyces or your Saison strains or whatever your favorite yeasts are. So they got a real nice like farmhouse, you know, Saison. that has got the tartness from Philly sour, but has some phenolic notes from the Saison strain. Uh, and I believe that's still available um, uh, at the oh. brewery. And the other one that, that is still also available is uh, Dock Street uh, has a brew called uh, Farah Bestia, I think I, I might've butchered that name. Um, but it is, uh, it is a fruited dry hopped sour. So they added a little bit of, uh, I can't even remember what the fruit is, but they dry hopped it with mosaic. And again, mm -hmm. I, I like to talk about balance. That's a beer that's really well balanced. It's brilliantly clear. Uh, it has just enough of acidity. It has just enough uh, flavor from the hot profile, just enough from the fruit uh, that it is really, really nice. Now, when you say brilliantly clear, what do you mean by that? You can look through it and just see straight through it. And what, <clears throat> so what are the advantages of that? Well, it depends if you're talking about flavor or process. So again, talking for, uh, you know, from the brewer's perspective, um, it, it can help your downstream process. If you have some clarifying processes, if you have a filter, for example, the less shit that you put through a filter, um, the, the faster it'll go because a filter gets clogged. And so if you have bits or chunks of things running up against the filter, it's going to block that filter over time and, and lead to some potential processing problems from a consumer standpoint. I love it looking crystal clear because I know the effort and work that goes into yeah. making a beer crystal clear. It's easy to make a hazy beer. Mm -hmm. You just dump a ton of hops into it. Uh, and, and so maybe use a yeast strain that, that contributes to haze, but to make a really clear beer, it takes a little bit more time and, and energy on, on the brewer's part. And so I appreciate that from, from a drinker's perspective, but there is something to be said about haze and what it contributes to from a flavor perspective. Mm -hmm. You can get some difference, uh, differences in flavor, uh, and mouthfeel based on, uh, based on haze. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you guys have talked about that, too, about how, you know, people have if it's a centrifuge, if it's a filter press, whatever it is, they've the brewery has invested all this money into making these crystal clear beers to then a consumer getting it and going, why is this not hazy? It's not hazy enough. Right. Not yeah. hazy. Yeah. The haze flavor isn't there. 
Yeah, haze flavors out there. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you the joy I get when I get a brilliantly clear, like West Coast IPA. Yeah. Got one this oh, weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, yeah, putting it in the glass and just looking through. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so nice. I can't it's wait. just, it, it, it always blows my mind. It's like you, you've, you've had clear beers for over a hundred years. And mm-hmm. like haze is a new thing. It's, it's artisan, it's, Tom. God. Artisanal. <laughs> it's artisanal. It's artisanal. Sorry, artisanal. <laughs> It, it goes back to education, you know, it, it goes, it, that's what it goes back to. It goes back to what actually knowing the history of beer when it started, what it was about, you know, really lagers being the number one beer for ever. Yeah. Right. I mean, beer started with, it was lagers and it was, it was ales and then lagers. And then, you know, it, it was clear beer forever. And then, yeah. Lagers dominated forever for so long. How many like how many years did Budweiser be like the number one beer? Probably yeah. still is. I mean, and some people like Coors, and they would they would run it yeah, over. Yeah, they would run it illegally over to Texarkana. You're finding a lot of opportunities to use the soundboard today. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm sitting here doing nothing, just listening, just listening yeah. for the right time to go and punch. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I had I had I had my opportunity to make a smoking the bandit reference, and I took it. There you go. Grab the bull by the horns. Yeah, mm-hmm. you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, Tom. Exactly. Can Can you please make little big Uno one of your buttons so that my legacy can live on? Absolutely. On this podcast yes. Forever, please. Yep. Uh, it, now you've taken 50 episodes in, you've taken advantage of something that I have not talked about. If a guest wants to request a button, I'll put it on the board. Yeah. That's actually, uh, I think a pretty fun beer board. too. Yeah. hundred yeah. beer. There you go. There's all there's kinds of anniversary. Yeah. A lot of anniversaries. All here. kind of anniversaries. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't have anything. Wait. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah it's too many anniversaries. I need an ambulance. <laughs> Oh, he did. I'm dead. I'm dead now. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. We're 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 starting to hit our time constraint here, so I, I think we need to uh, we need to hit this third beer. We need to hit it hard. And, yeah, it's uh, a new one, a uh, new brewery for us. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very excited about this, this. Is one that I've had. It's it's been on the board of uh, beers to do forever. Yeah, it's it's the large whiteboard behind me that has. Um, a really nice penis that you drew on it. It's it's veiny. I like I, it. I mean, I it, I like to consider myself a connoisseur of artisanal penis. Yeah, and I mean, peni. Um, the hairs on the the hair, like it's not every day somebody puts the hairs on the balls. No, I, I mean it's attention to detail. It's really what makes the the penis really thrive through. And it pops off the canvas, if it were. I like that uh, yeah. thrive. Yeah, it's a it's a real. I like you know it, you can have a real big triumphant veiny bastard, but you need attention to detail. Yeah, you know, um, especially with a with a dry erase marker. It's yeah. superb. Tom, I'm, I'm gonna grab center. my third beer. Go ahead, yeah, okay. go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. But we're talking about penises. Go ahead and grab your Peni. third beer. Peni. Peni. Sorry. Yes. Um. So. Um. Yeah, so this this uh, brewery is one that I've been wanting to try uh, for a long time. Um, it's super close to where I work. It's right outside of the uh, the Union uh, Philadelphia soccer team, the the Union, their stadium, Subaru Park. 
Subaru Park. Yeah, yeah Subaru Park. Um, so they're right under the bridge, um, just like the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Um, <laughs> they uh, it, it. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> drinking my only craft beer. <laughs> um, you know, we gotta. Sometimes we gotta do a song parody. Yep. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the Laramere is, uh, the Lara, Laramere, Laramer. I the always, call, I always call it the Laramere, but I, I don't know. It, it, Matt, do you have any Laramer? Laramer? Yeah. Laramer. Laramer. Yep. It's a named after general yep. Laramer. Yep. I just didn't know how to say his name. Um, so, um, yeah, this is one that I, I've always wanted to try. Um, uh, we brought up to Matt, you know, what, what beers are around that, uh, that, have your the yeast in it and uh as soon as you said the laramere i was like sold i, I need to get over there um so uh, high hopes for this one um you know matt matt lindemuth and we just literally just talked about the laramere with uh with brewers and yeah, brewers and yeah it was so ironic that it came up too and we all yeah, yeah i mean the um so many degrees of kevin bacon that happened outside of philly yeah with like craft beer it's insane yeah so we're going to be doing uh speedo season, which I didn't know was a series. They do a bunch of different iterations of speedo season. Oh, that's awesome. Which this one is, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not disparaging them at all, but this is not on their website. It's not on their untapped. It's not on the, their ordering service. Um, it was, I contacted Matt was like, yeah, let's do this one. I was like, all right, well, I don't think they have it yet. And he was like, no, no, no. They just posted to Instagram the other day. They have it. <laughs> they had one lone four pack sitting in their fridge. <laughs> I picked, I picked mine up uh, today at two 30 and uh, they had like eight, maybe eight, four packs. I think when I was there, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, there was one, one girl working there and she was hand stickering the, <laughs> the cans. And I think she was doing the, the speedo season. So I think I got her fresh, the fresh, fresh batch. Was she in a speedo? Yes. Uh, coincidentally enough, it's yeah. the only way you can can this beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, you know, Matt, Lind I've, I've chatted with Matt Lindemuth, uh, a lot about this. yeast. Uh, he's a really cool dude. Uh, he's got a awesome background. Uh, did you guys rollerblade together? Did you guys rollerblade together? I, hell no. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> but we did swim in speedos together. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> in the Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. That's another thing that Hannah told us. You're an accomplished swimmer. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah. you could probably cultivate some yeast, which is ironic that we're doing speedo dough. season here as a uh, beer. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Look forward to that, Matt. Um, anyway, he runs a, he runs a small brewery. Uh, and you know, he, the, the sizes that he's doing, uh, warrants hand canning all this stuff. So, you know, this is all hand canned with love. Yeah. You can see it's like, you can see the the little it, the labels just like a little bit off, but it's you know it's it's put on there with love. That's love. Yeah. So uh, we're doing the sour cherry and pomegranate uh, iteration of uh, Speedo season. So uh, so this is a this is just a sour like a sour ale fruited sour ale fruited sour ale. Yep. All it's, right. Uh, uh, yeah, my understanding of uh, this series is uh, it's mostly a base malt, a uh, little bit of wheat, uh, and then a fruit. So, I mean, this is a, a pretty classic fruited sour series, and, and he changes up the, 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 the fruit additions. No lactose. Awesome. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Think we'll get it after three on this I, one? I think we'll do. I think we'll do it. 
All right. All we right. got everybody? Everybody's here? One, two, three. All right. See, my process is... <laughs> my process is I get that first crack and I wait to hear everybody else and then I do that second one with everybody. Yeah, if you ever hear the... Click, clack. And that's Dan. <laughs> oh, what? You have a Vienna lager over there? Uh, another hack and sack beer. Um, their lagers are fantastic. Um, so here's a Vienna that they just released. The Vienna lager to go with his with his small dinner plate of Vienna sausages like an old lady. Yes. Yes. Canned Vienna sausage. <laughs> but is there really any Vienna other cake. way to have Vienna sausages? <laughs> You open your can of Vienna lager and then you open up your can of Vienna sausages. I mean, it's, this is a very, uh, very clean smelling beer, just like right on the nose. Yeah. My, uh, my brewing manager, Marissa Egan, she worked seven years at uh, victory in the quality lab. She's a trained chemist. She always rips us apart for saying something smells sour. <laughs> but there's a character of sour beers yeah, that I think you definitely absolutely. Can pick definitely, up on definitely. Because right. when you talk about sour, though, sour is a, a flavor, right? Right. right. It's taste buds. Yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. That is quite the Vienna lager you got over there. It's got a really nice malt character going on. It's got the color of a cooked Vienna sausage. <laughs> it's definitely dark, but it is clear. It's hard to tell on the video, but now this is um so they kind of pumped the brakes a little bit on like uh-huh. the tartness on this uh with using the yeast. Yeah, it'd be interesting uh to drink this first. Uh, if if I had to rank the three of them, uh I think Harry's beer maybe was the least sour. Uh, this one is the second and then the the fractured fracture of the bell, bell was, yeah. was third. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. No sour, of course, but there yeah. is a degree of sour. Mm-hmm. There is a slight degree of sour in this, but I'm, it's a really nice, like malt, almost like a wheat beer, almost mm-hmm. kind of like backbone to it. Yeah. It's not like, um, when I saw fruited sour, I was like, Oh, Oh no. Oh, Oh no. Yeah. This isn't a Tom, like this isn't a Tom realm here for him. Yeah. This is, a, it's, it's nice and, and light and refreshing. I was I was worried that it was going to go in that fruited sour Berliner Weiss, whatever the the newfangled real, sour real ales that the the kids are drinking these days with a spoon. Hashtag stain gang. Yeah, stain in their glasses and exploding mm. in oh, their wait, parents' I, basements. I would have never recommended one of those beers. Um, I think Matt's doing a real good job uh, with his fruited series because it's straightforward. Uh, it's a pretty simple beer. Uh, and he adds just enough fruit extract to give it flavor, but not be overly sweet and cloying. Yep. Yeah, I think the um, that's a nice color too to it. Yeah, the um, you definitely get the the color from the the cherry and the pomegranate. Yeah, you got a color for the gram right here, which is a gram. I love the 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 combination of of the cherry and the pomegranate, both inherently tart fruit. Um, a little bit, you know, you're going to get a little bit more like a juicy flavor from the, the cherry yeah. um, p- pomegranate, I think pairs well with the, with the sour yeast. Definitely. I think with pomegranate because of the seeds and everything, you also get kind of like an earthiness yeah. to it. Agreed. And with this, like 
I think with the malts he used and everything, it it's giving me that that earthiness you get with pomegranate at the end. Like when I when I bite into a pomegranate seed, you get that tartness, and then mm-hmm. you're finishing with like some of that earthiness from the seed itself. Yeah, I um, I get on, on the after aftertaste. <clears throat> it's something that I've I've noticed with Philly sour beers that have wheat in it, and I wonder if if that's some of the flavor that you're describing there. It is a little bit of earthiness, and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, Hannah and I have had a lot of conversations about Philly sour. We, we collaborated on a beer, uh, and she said she this. I think she was describing this flavor as something she was getting out of some of their more complex, spontaneous sours that they were making at free will, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting from a fermentation standpoint. That it, it's a flavor that's not coming out of kettle sours, but is coming out of out of a yeast based fermentation. And so we don't yet know what that flavor is, but uh, it's I think nice. Yeah, I guess I guess we should have mentioned that uh, we have had. Yeah, uh, weight of my heart was the beer. Yeah, weight of my heart. Yeah, was uh, we have had that. We had that when we had uh, we had Hannah on. Yeah, and that was actually what kind of opened our eyes to having Doctor Matty Ice on the podcast. Was you know we had Swim, swimming <laughs> his way onto the podcast. He, yeah, he he swam in his super tight speedo onto our podcast. Sam, I wish I had a natural ice to just crack and chug right now. That would be amazing. Waist down. Are you wearing a Speedo right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> are you wearing tearaway pants oh, that yeah. tear away you to a Speedo? Check, he had to check, too. He was like, wait, am I in a Speedo? <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait, am I wearing pants? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wearing camping pajama pants for sure. Oh, man, he did it. The classic <laughs> Zoom meeting. <laughs> this is the first. I actually, this is the first time I'm actually wearing yeah, to be honest, yes. he, he's been wearing Christmas uh, PJs yeah. for like the last couple of recordings. <laughs> I like to be cozy, Dan. I like to feel cozy while I'm uh, while I know. I'm I have to get dressed when I come here. I have to get out of my sweatpants and come here. Yeah, nobody nobody said that. You I just to, don't want to get pulled over in sweatpants. Why not? <laughs> I don't want to look like an episode of Cops. <laughs> I feel like most people that get pulled over are either wearing sweatpants or yeah. like Cookie Monster pajama pants. My stained gray sweatpants. I'm going to look like that South Philly monk. <laughs> <laughs> you mean John the Baptist? John the Baptist. Yeah. St. <laughs> Kyle, patron saint. <laughs> patron saint of Percocets. <laughs> um, oh, man. So yeah. We, di- we digress. We digress. This is what happens. So what? What? what, what you're quite a, an accomplished swimmer, we hear. Matt, uh, I, I wouldn't say accomplished. I mean, I, I swam in college, um, and then prompted to drink a lot of beer afterwards. So I, <laughs> my speedo days are well, well behind me. <laughs> Do you ever just like go in your closet and it's just hanging on one set, like one hanger just has the speedo on it. You just look at it every now and then you just put it on just to like, feel like you did back in college. No, but I do still have my tracksuit. I should have worn that. I, I do have a uh, college tracksuit. The tear-offs and everything. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I miss those. I, I miss the good old tear-offs, the and ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. And ones. <laughs> yeah. You felt like you were, uh, you, you tore them off and you just felt like you were the professor or uh, uh, what, hot sauce. Uh, Come on. What, what are you referencing? Continue. N- the N1 mixtapes, Dan. N1 mixtapes? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows the... Prom- hot sauce was mm-hmm. the N1 mixtape. It was the whole N1 mixtape was hot sauce. It was hot sauce? <laughs> yeah. And Professor was the white boy with handles. Everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. The N1 mixtapes were a thing in the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> there we go. 
Yep. I, I hit it. I hit it. We, we, we've spanned three decades so far. <laughs> um, we transcend time and space here. Yeah, no, I, I hung up my, uh, I hung my baseball jersey up in my, in my closet the other day. And I was like, better times, better times. Did you get all the buttons buttoned up? No. <laughs> oh, 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 come on. Come on. <laughs> that was about 40 pounds ago. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Um, so first impressions of the Larimer, I, this beer is very enjoyable. Um, oh, yeah. I think just like looking at their labels and everything, the, the beard is a theme, the hashtag, I guess, follow the beard. This is all kind of their thing. Every, does every can art have the I, classic Larimer beard guy on this? I believe that's general Larimer, G- right? General himself. Yeah. I think this is their play on general Larimer and, uh, the speedo season has a nice, you know, suntan. Yeah, oh, the little, ocean little, on the yeah, nose. Yeah, a little zinc on the. <laughs> nose. He's got the zinc on the nose. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> Yo, what was the uh, what was the counselor's name from Salute Your Shorts? Oh God, what was uh, his name? I just watched. I just watched a Nickelodeon like a uh, movie they had where it was. Like, I always remember Donkey Lips. I forget the counselor's name. There was Donkey oh. Lips. There was Buttnick and uh, yeah. What was the counselor's? Oh, I, I can't remember. We'll get back to it. Salute your shorts was a show in the <laughs> night. We're going backwards. We're going back. To, we're going backwards. It was on Nickelodeon. And we regress. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, a fat guy named Donkey Lips. I don't know. I think he's selling heroin now. Oh, no. He's better now. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah he was He was on He was, He was. was on the documentary. He looked good. Okay. Fair enough. Wait, there was a documentary of Salute Your Shorts? So, no, there's a documentary of Nickelodeon. It was uh, actually really good. Oh yeah, that's the one that goes into you can't do this on television. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, God, we lost, we're just reminiscing over yeah, here. We lost Matt. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> we lost it Matt. Really he's he's glazed Matt. over. He looks like us when um, he started talking about lactobacillus. Dreaming <laughs> <laughs> dream of the speedo days. He's just like, do I still fit in that speedo? He's talking about his baseball jersey. I think I'm gonna correct that out. He's just going upstairs. It doesn't have any buttons on it. <laughs> um, he just cracks the old Tupperware it's got in there. He's got one of those totes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's vacu- in a vacuum sealed bag. Um, uh, so, Matt, what is it? I, I, I guess we should have asked this maybe earlier in the podcast. What's your what's your favorite style of beer? Like, what's your go to beer to drink? I drink everything. Um, I will drink a, a Pilsner, uh, when I walk into a brewery cause it's the best way of judging a brewery. Um, it's a simple, clean standard beer. And, uh, you really have to have your process dialed in to make a good Pilsner. We've, we've said uh, it before. It's the, it's the acoustic guitar of beers. There's, there you, go. you can't you know, hide it, anything. Right. It's nice and simple. Uh, you know, everybody enjoys it and you can't hide anything with it. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, I hope you're not giving me a hazy Pilsner, but, uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> we've had, uh, we've had one that I would say it was probably very enjoyable. Juicy pills. It's been a while. I don't remember if it was hazy or not. Oh, it was hazy. Okay. Dry hot pills. Yeah, it was delicious. Uh, and we've talked about them at nauseum and, you know, Warwick Brewing. So yeah, Warwick, Warwick Farms. Farm. Yeah. But yeah, they did a nice hazy one. But yeah, Pilsner is definitely kind of the intro. And it's always the, um, I guess, like when a new brewery starts, you know, they always put like a lager or Pilsner in that, like that original lineup. 
not so much like it used to be kind of commonplace for craft breweries when they first opened. Nowadays, it's like we got to put that double dry hopped IPA in there somewhere. Um, but back in the day, it was, you know, you started a brewery and your big four or five that you had right on tap, you know, two, one was a lager and one was a Pilsner. Yeah. Yeah. They take some time, you know, and they, and they take a little bit more craft, uh, a little bit more understanding your process. So, uh, the thing about IPAs is they're, they're fast hops cover up so many off flavors and flaws. And so, uh, it's easy to make a hoppy beer. Yeah. I mean, Dan and I have had this this conversation it's like anymore it's i don't remember the last time i had like a bad ipa you know like a bad tasting ipa yeah absolutely you you know there's breweries out there that do ipas better than other breweries but no one's gonna go like oh i hate this ipa you you could just go to untap for that and look at the average of an ipa versus the average of a pilsner i guarantee you a pilsner is under four and every ipa is almost over four I've, I've been getting some diacetyl out of some, uh, IPAs during, during the pandemic. Really? So di- diacetyl is, um, kind of a, uh, a buttered popcorn kind of flavor, which yeah. I don't taste very well, but to me, it's more of this like cloying sweetness, uh, mm-hmm. that I get on the back of the palate. I know what it tastes like. And, and these are breweries that are very well known. It makes huh. really good beer. But I've been getting it out of their IPAs, and and I know some of these breweries are breweries that are doing very well. Uh, and diacetyl is a, a side effect of turning your beer over too fast. Uh, yeast will take diacetyl back up, reduce it, get rid of it, if given enough time in a tank. But if you think about a brewer's perspective, they got tanks and tanks on tanks that they got to get out the door into yep. canning, uh, into cans, because um, the canner's coming over to, to start yeah. canning on a Friday. Uh, <laughs> beers are getting rushed. I'd like to, uh, off the episode and off the stream, like get some examples from you about that because I've, I don't, there's, kits, there's actually kits you can get like sensory kits out there that will, you can taste those different off flavors I've, to learn what an off flavor yeah. kind of tastes like. I've had some, like I've had some IPAs where I've, I'm getting this flavor where I'm just, I'm feeling it's, it's becoming commonplace and I'm getting it a lot where it's, it's a little off putting for me. And I'd really like to, um, yeah, often I will talk about it, but yeah, I've been getting some like inconsistent flavors where some of these, you know, these nice hazy IPAs that are coming out are just knocking it out of the park for me because of all the commonplace ones out there having like this common, like, I would say it's almost like a rushed flavor where I'm just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but I definitely like, I don't want to throw any like breweries under the, uh, you know, under the bus, right. but we'll talk about it yeah. off the, uh, off the stream about that. I definitely want to get a little bit more information on like some examples so I can taste and be like, yeah, this is what I'm getting. So that's like very like a a Cicerone, like you start getting into like all that tasting and all that, those diacetyls and all those off flavors. And it's like, it's stuff like I'm terrible at picking up on a lot of stuff, not just breweries, but my own, but like, it's, it's extremely interesting science. And that's one of the things we do in, in our quality control lab. So we have over like 20 different spikes that we'll take a, a beer, a pretty basic beer that we make in our lab. Uh, and we'll add all these off flavors to them, talk about it, drink them, talk about it again. So, um, would you say that like, a a West coast IPA is hiding a little less than, say like a new England style or like a, a standard hazy IPA. Um, 
I, I, it's hard to say because uh, I guess number one, uh, West Coast IPAs aren't as common anymore. Uh, and West Coast IPAs tend to be clear. One, one way to make a, a clear beer is to give it time and to let it age. If you think about what is haze, haze are particles, right? They're particles of proteins and chemicals from the hops called polyphenols that all aggregate together and form these chunks. And if you let gravity do its thing, chunks settle, right? Over time, anything is going to settle. Yeah. Uh, and so your West Coast IPAs are usually given a little bit more time uh, to clarify and age. And so that might also be reducing some of the, the diacetyl. I tend to... Uh, while I grew up, well, while my, my beer drinking, craft beer drinking days grew up with West Coast IPAs, these days I find myself not being attracted to them, mostly because they tend to be a little bit more forward on the caramel malts, uh, which tends to have a little bit more of that cloying sweetness, um, a little bit more of that caramel, caramel sweetness, which I, I don't really like mm-hmm. anymore. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the, and, and that goes back to also like you're talking about the the proteins is another thing they talk about. Oh, you see people rolling the beer before they drink it. That's, yeah. you know, getting all that back into suspension, getting it back into the mix and everything. So you don't yeah. get that snow globe effect when you're pouring it out. Yeah. Or yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. get those, that nice, uh, that, that nice, uh, drip at the end, that nice sludge yeah. at the bottom of your can. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, I always yeah, call it the snow I, globe. Like as soon as it hits, it's like a snow globe. <laughs> it just hits and just shimmers down. <laughs> And I think um, it's West Coast is becoming a little more popular again. I, I don't know. I, I love West Coast. Like to me, like I, that was like one of the first beer I, I've ever had. Right. Like if it was the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. Stones, whatever it was like the, the West Coast is like what I first tasted of craft beer. Yeah. And it was like kind of always. I think it was for all of us. Yeah. Beer. But yeah, I can totally see what you mean about like the caramel malts. Yeah, I, I definitely one one see. Uh, I definitely for one see West Coast the West Coast IPA style is becoming a little bit more prominent than it yeah. has been in the past year or so. Um, but and at least on the East Coast, yeah. Like I, I, I think I think um, yeah. I mean, we've been inundated with like the New England style. Um, but I, I, I don't know if it's because I've just been so used to drinking that, that haze, that, you know, the hazy IPAs or new England style that when I drink a a West coast, I don't really notice the caramel flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them, some of them might not implement. I know I've had a lot here too, like where they really don't implement the caramel, but like more of like the classic, West Coast definitely has more of that caramel. Yeah, if you were to read, I think the BJCP guidelines, it, usually a West Coast IPA has a touch of yeah. uh, of a caramel or a crystal malt in it, which is going to yeah. give you a little bit of sweetness. It's like a sugar uh, a sweetness that caramel. adds to like, sugar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like it adds to like the earthy hop character at the end, gives it almost like a sweetness to yeah, it. Like it's 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 those it's those malts that have just been slightly to- toasted um, compared to the base malt. Yeah, yeah, because. The hops that go into like that, yeah, the classic boil for a West Coast and everything, you're getting a lot of that right up front and then it finishes on, you know, kind of that earthiness. Like you're saying with the malts and everything, there is just a slight sugary kind of taste to that. But it all depends on like, I guess that the bittering of the hops at the 
front end if that's going to carry on and be really strong at the at, at or you know on the pallet at the end. Yeah, but I'll tell you what I like about that style is it's crystal clear. Yeah, it yeah. should be at least. And uh, you you know drink enough beers and you definitely can tell the difference between a hazy beer and a crystal clear. And we've beer. had some and great it, West Coast on this show. Yeah, yeah, we got a we got one that I think inspired us to bring a guest on at the end of the month. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned so when you when you walk into a bar or a brewery, you you try their pilsners. So what are we, you know, once you settle in, you know, what's your go-to, like what's your go-to beer there? Yeah. Thanks for coming back to the question. Cause I, I wanted to bring it back then <laughs> to my favorite beer. Uh, I will drink a black IPA all day, Wow, but I can't cause no one makes them. I got, I got one carbonating right now. Uh, they don't sell. You know, I, I talk to a lot of brewers about black IPAs all the time. And they, they just don't sell. So nobody's making them. They'll brew them, yeah. they'll can them, and they'll sit on shelves uh, way past the Yeah, we're, um, you know, Dan and I frequent the uh, the breweries. All right. Well, it's oh, okay. I thought it was just going to be a Matt and Tom episode, uh, you know, portion of this episode. Um, you have to start dancing. We, <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, uh, we, Dan and I are frequent frequenters of the, uh, the breweries and PA Facebook group. Um, and it seems like, Every time a black IPA is brought up, it is a divisive beer. And it I, I can I can see why it doesn't sell. Um because darker beers just are inherently less loved any more than you know the hazy, golden, juicy, orange I mean, yeah. you know, beers. To, to me, a black IPA really is just like almost like a hoppy stout in a way. Um, depending on how you use the malts, there are certain malts you can use that haven't have been killed in a way that don't add as much of that, that toasty roasty kind of flavor to it. But mm-hmm. like, I love a black IPA. To we, me, it's a, uh, I tend to like, uh, the pine side yeah. of, of black IPAs. And so the black IPA, that roastedness is really balanced well with, with hops that are more on the piney Absolutely. side. Nobody's thinking about pine these days. Everyone just wants citrus fruit. That's, that's it. No, so, I just did. I, I just did my black IPA with all West coast hops. Any Chinook? Cause I love a Chinook in a, in a Chinook black IPA. And, uh, and cascade. But yeah. then I also did use some of, uh, fancy hops in there as well. The big C's. I had some students uh, do, we have a, a, a two half barrel systems uh, on campus. We, ha- we have a food grade, you know, pilot brewery uh, on campus. Mm-hmm. And we have some student projects uh, that students are doing as part of the program. And I had two students at uh, Casey and, and Kitty, and they made a, a black IPA um, that was inspired uh, with, uh, by um, Concha Hawkins, uh, Cas- Cascadian Doll Eye, or I'm blanking on the name, something Doll Eye. It's a Cascadian dark ale, uh, something doll's eye. Anyway, they put a uh, pine, pine in it. So they got uh, oh, they spruce put tips. They put spruce nice. tips and really just hammered that pine forward, and it was really good. <laughs> I've been seeing the um, spruce, I guess, incorporated in yeah. some IPA uh, flavors and some recipes across, I guess, the craft beer kind of community in this area. We had a we had a yeah, black, it, it we had works. a yeah. We had a, we had a black lager last week. Yeah. Which was, which was super nice. enjoyable. And like, they're just, sure, yeah. 
Yeah, their description was like right on the nose, like incorporating that like Dunkel and Pilsner style into like this black lager. Uh, it was delicious. It's it's definitely another one of my favorite styles. I love those black lagers. If it's done right, it's awesome. Yeah, um, I I, th- I feel like that's something that like uh, the the whole black IPA thing goes back to um, something that we've talked about with uh, our buddy Ethan over at Stickman is like whenever we bring up like certain types of beer, um, like I brought up before, one of my favorite beers from Stickman um, was uh, Plant Matter. Yeah. And that, that was a, a Belgian triple. Yep. And I told him, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, when, when are you bringing, uh, when are you bringing uh, Plant Matter back? And he said, never. I'll never make it again because it doesn't sell. And I feel like every time we bring up like a beer to him, we're like, oh, you should do this. It's like, nope, doesn't sell. Yep. yep. Yeah, every time we have and, an and, idea. And, you know, it's because it's, it's also like, you know, the size he's brewing at. He's got three locations and he's brewing a lot of beer. You got to sell a lot of beer to cover that overhead. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got to think of. Yeah, he's got to think of that, too. Like he's got, you know, we bring up the ideas and like his brewing styles you know, it, it, it sucks that he's not able to convey a lot of that, but it's, it's kind of cool to see. I think like a lot, a lot of loggers and pilsners are coming back into style. Yeah. People absolutely. are, people are exhausted you know, they're getting burned out on the hot burn of an I, you know, new England IPAs. And I think they're looking for, they're looking for the crisp. They're looking for the clean. They're looking for malt too. I mean, it's like, it, it, you know, I can go and buy a four pack of lager and drink that four pack. Yeah. You know, like, That's how I, am yeah, stick, man. like I don't necessarily want those four beers. No, and then you got the Bud Muds the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Budweiser. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bud Muds, man. I haven't, I haven't heard Budweiser. that term in so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I we we talked about this with Matt and Chad last week. Uh, it's just it seems like brewers are kind of hopeful that they did this whole article about, um, you know, what they're expecting from 2021 trends and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, trends and uh, and a lot of the brewers were saying like they're they're seeing loggers um, coming back into trend, and I don't know if it's just them being hopeful. Like, please let me brew beer that I want a beer. <laughs> or why, why that I want to brew. Um, I want a beer. Yeah. That uh, I, I want a beer. I do want a beer. Um, but uh, in front of you. I don't, I, I don't know if that's, if that's the case or if loggers are actually coming back in the style, which would be, God damn, that would be I awesome. Mean, I, I think it's hopeful in my opinion. I think you're still going to see the, the new England's. I think you're still going to see the heavily fruity beers. It's, you know, you look at the most popular people on Instagram and what they're posting. It's, that well, and I mean, it's crap I that know, can pop a can uh, into a beer. I'm scared. I'm scared. I've seen a lot of fruited goop getting poured in the glasses. <laughs> I, saw, I just one. saw a video today on Instagram of um, a beer that shall not be named that was like put into a container yeah. and then opened and then covered yeah. because it overflowed. And it was it, just there's some there's some disgusting stuff out there that's yeah, selling to Matt. Was that it? Top when, Instagram people are posting it, and it's yeah. not going to stop. No, I Matt, don't see Matt, it stopping. Matt, it was sucks, that a, But like, was that a PA beer? Like the art of brewing and the balancing of flavors, and it's just like, oh, why do that? But this chick, this person over here, or this hot chick posted this. I want that beer. 
Because it's beer that doesn't taste like beer. It's like... And, okay. and that's why it's so approachable for all these social wrong. media you know people. There's nothing and all. wrong with having that. No, there's a lot of things wrong with having to grab that. Beer, but then it just stays that. Yeah. It ends up just staying yeah. that. I think we found Harry's uh, hot button. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, no, it's, it's a lot of our hot button. I hate it because it's not beer. <laughs> I've, and, it, and we talked about it already. It's not beer. It's not craft. And anyone could do it, even at a home brew level. It, it's it, it, Hashtag it, craft, not crap. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a hot button issue for a lot of us. I, I spent the better part of 2020 really just yeah. going after that kind of junk. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it is it is a style that is getting people who aren't in the craft beer into the craft beer world. But that, now we have to put up with those people. But then th- those people that get into the craft beer world through the fruit gloop that they then they go, well, this is beer. So uh, maybe I'll venture out and be a little more experimental and I'll have this juicy, 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 double IPA, double new England style. And it's it, there. I can't taste any hops, which is great. Uh, and it just tastes like orange juice. And I mean, one th- thing that's that the, the problem beer world has done great is advertising. Oh yeah. Yeah. It- it really has. It's it's really what's led to it. You know, it's like people just can't, a lot of people can't think for themselves and they just that's like they do what they're told. I mean, I'll tell you what's what's crazy is, you know, five, ten years ago. I mean, this is where we were with the dry hopped IPAs. Right? Yeah. Your, yep. your classic brewers of the world look down on the dry hopped IPA. Yeah, I think I, I just think, uh, you know, I don't see the. um I don't see the 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 Berliner Weiss of the of the world as what it as they bastardize that term. Um, I don't see that becoming like the the dry hopped IPA is where you can consider the dry p dry hopped IPA at least tastes like a beer. Yeah, it's, it has a little bit more un- universal preference. So like the old guard craft yeah. brewer will still find dry hopped IPA like New England IPAs yeah. that they like, but you know, it's, they're not going to venture into the goop. Like no. that goop is an unknown as a, that is an unknown yeah. territory. There's or, no, there's no malt character. There's no hop character. Me, there, it, fair, there, there is still, there is still a science kind of to dry hopping and there still is like, exactly. There yeah. are different ways to, to dry hop properly versus dry hop wrong and, you know, oxidation and all that. So there is still a bit of a science, the kind of dry hopping, but like when you when you go to like just dumping a thousand pounds of puree into a beer, there's no silence to that. I saw absolutely. Not. I saw one the other day. It was from uh, Rar Brewing, and it was. Oh my god! Was it the white looking beer? It the, the, that white like that pinkish white yeah. beer. They look like yeah. milk. Yeah, that I it, saw that one, and that was. I like it took like I think I wrote oh. I think I wrote and deleted like three different comments on that. And I was like, you know what? It I, I can't. I I can't. Oh, it, it was like grayish white. It was the most unappetizing. It looked like a boiled hot dog. They're color. like the they're like the four loco of like craft beer fans. Like people who like that shit are like the same people who are like, no, oh, four loco seems like a pretty cool alternative to beer. It's like it, everybody. The people. There, there's like a brewery. There's a brewery by me. I, I don't know if you've heard of. Have you heard of Bolero Snort? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so like they've done some like cereal beers. Or like they put it in yeah, like the fruity, the stuff, but the it still looks like an IPA, right? right? Like it still looks like beer. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's just like it, it, there. It, 
it gets popular with a certain sect because they they don't like craft beer or they don't like beer. Yeah. They don't like that beer. Flavor. But they want something that is so far away from beer, but still beer at the same time. But they can still say, I'm a craft that, beer though, drinker. But my biggest, like, so like RAR, what, R-A-R whatever, yeah. RAR, however you pronounce them. I don't know. Like, I, is it like, I, I, is it like, really like, like the emo the, girls, the like RAR XD? Yes. Cool, right. But like people consider that good beer and that's getting like, that's tight. the, that's the issue is that, and that's the issue. If you could, if you could, like, there's nothing wrong with liking it, but it really shouldn't be the top of the game. <laughs> it shouldn't be, it should be like a subsect of beer. You know, yeah. it, it shouldn't be considered, uh, it shouldn't be put in the same category as a lager, you know, like, right. they, it, and then I, people, then people look at like us talking about this and go, well, you're just beer snobs. Gentlemen, like, gentlemen, no. we are way off topic. Can we please go back to Eurovision? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, by the way, it was Ugg was the camp counselor from Salute Your Shorts. Ugh, yes, you're right. Really? Yes. Brought it back. <laughs> you brought it back. Uh Dan, do we have any cool, do we have any more cool Matt uh Matt facts? Well, I heard Matt does not have any tattoos. But he may be getting one soon. Yeah, I heard. He might be getting one soon. <laughs> there is not a chance in hell I'm getting a tattoo. Well Hannah <laughs> said well, Hannah said you're getting a tattoo, so I mean, I'm obviously sorry, our, our unnamed source said, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> our unnamed source. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I do not like needles at any way in any way, shape or form. And while I appreciate tattoos and find them, uh, amazingly artistic, I don't think I have the level of commitment to ever put something on my body. To, to commit. So I respect tattoos. I love the artwork and, and appreciate it and, and would admire it. I don't think I can make that level of commitment. I feel like you need a Philly East tattoo, man. I feel like that, <laughs> you've made a, you've made an almost decade long commitment to that yeast. Oh, shit. So I feel like that's the tattoo you need to get. You need some kind of level of like a nard dog tattoo on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Philly yeah. yeast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's got to be somewhere my mom will never see. Oh it, no, no, you you what you got to get you got to get that original ye the yeast strain whatever the B B R or whatever G Y yeah G Y yeah yes G -Y. you have to get that on, somewhere. <laughs> G Y seven niner day or niner in there. <laughs> You're calling from a tattooing from a walkie talkie. That's cellular. In, in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air font. There you oh, go. Oh, man. Come yes. on. We are coming up with the perfect commitment I mean, to a tattoo right here, my friend. This, because you're like, you, oh, I can't commit guys, to something that long. You've committed to the yeast for longer. You guys, you, guys, you guys talked about it. It's like, how has no one done that yet? The yeast is like essentially getting a tattoo of your child on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you just get it somewhere cool, like the low of your back or an ankle. Yeah. Like a butterfly, right? In the small <laughs> of your back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Hannah told us you were a collegiate athlete and that's all she gave us. And now, you know, we know that you, you swam in, in college. She told us after I asked her if it was curling and I hoped it was curling. Yeah, Dan made an educated guest at curling. No, no, it was, it was swimming and it was in the great, uh, I should say not great state of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good old Jersey. Hey, <laughs> recreational marijuana though. I'm just going to throw it down. I mean, there's plenty of swamps to swim in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got the Hudson river. It's beautiful. 
Yeah, they, you're in the. We're keeping the Delaware. I'm just saying that right now. Yeah, uh, Harry's in the land of where it's a mixture of swamp and olive oil. Mm. <laughs> he drives around. It's just the Sopranos theme song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah New York that play in Jersey, and then just don't woke up this morning. <laughs> All right. We're at a, we're just at over two hours. So yeah. I, I think we get to wrap it up here. We had, yeah, we had a little too much fun on this episode. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. We thought it was going to get real beer heavy. I mean, we almost hit like 30 viewers at one point. I'm looking at the users right now in the chat. So we've got a, uh, got a yeah. good amount. We, um, yeah, I, I think we, we had a good, uh, a good balance of, uh, <laughs> a good balance. Yeah. That's been the theme right here is a good balance. I would say uh, like final thoughts on this beer is a good balance. Um, and you've, you've kind of yeah. said that about, um, Harry stout, this run, this one right here with the, with the tartness and kind of the malt backbone to it. There's a pleasant balance. This has been a lot more pleasant for me to drink. I would say in a different style than fracture the bell, this has been something where I can, I could probably sit on this a little bit longer and like not be completely like, you know, hitting my adenoids with the sour that I was getting with the fracture of the bell. Yeah. I, I looked down and there was like one sip left of beer and I was like, Oh, well, okay. This is a, uh, it's an easy drinker. And that's, I think that's the cool thing about this yeast, right? You can really dial in those from like you were saying, slightly people are controlling how they're like, they're making it. You know, making it really sour, making it not so sour. And I, I think it was, I think it was a cool, uh, a cool thing that we had three, three beers with three different levels of sour from the yeast, and just so many different styles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's important not to to pigeonhole ourselves into sour being the style, right? And, yeah. and I think um, fruit plays itself well to sour. And the reason why you see a lot of fruited sours is because the acidity makes the fruit pop. Right. And so yep. I, I just think again, the, the beauty of this is it's, it's yet another tool for brewers to play with. And so for folks like Harry, who can do some really cool stuff with it, uh, it's just yet another, uh, tool to, to try to innovate, uh, and be creative with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I think this is a this is a good time to wrap it up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, thank you very much for coming on. And, yeah, thanks uh, so much. This has been very educational for us, um, being as, you know, um, not as well versed in craft beer. So it was nice to kind of get a lot of backstory on the Philly Sour Yeast and being pri primarily beer drinkers and getting to hear a good bit of what goes the science that goes into craft beer yeah my pleasure guys thanks thanks for having me yeah it was and, a lot of fun and we we of course have to thank harry for being our first ever special guest host yeah guest host right here the first one <laughs> thanks for having me guys as uh, always harry it's always a pleasure keep sending us beer yes always i will you know i will um and if you want to get some beer sent to you by harry you can hit him up on instagram it's uh at xbeer underscore nj on instagram um you can do you have your is your website up and running yeah my website's up um there's like an up but you're you're better off getting me on instagram 
There you go. Hit uh, up on the gram, guys. Or you can just hit him up uh, via text. His phone number. I'm just kidding. You're not, <laughs> not going to put out your phone number. <laughs> um, you can follow Matt on uh, on Instagram. It's at Brew Sciences. That's B R U Sciences. S C I E N C E S. See what he's yeah, going. What like he has going. Sciences. On. Yeah, yeah. I, Brew Sciences. Yeah, it's it's very creative and and punny and it's awesome. Dad humor. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can follow his more interesting Instagram at Dr. Matty Ice. Yeah. <laughs> that's the where that's where the premium content is. Yeah. That's where <laughs> NSFW. That's where he does all of his normal the brew sciences content, but in a speedo. In a speedo. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh we appreciate you uh you know giving us an education on uh sour yeast. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good journey to like talk about this, uh, especially be- being local and everything. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And thank you for for doing something that puts a good name on on Philadelphia's the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> Just. Uh, yeah, our, sport, our, our, our sports can't do it. So. No. <laughs> All right. So yes. like we mentioned, uh, subscribe, rate and review. Um, we have our review contest going on. Give us a good review, bad review, funny review. We don't care. Entertain us. Um, at the end of the month, Dan and I will come through them. And uh, whoever has the best one, will uh, we'll get some free beer. There's a lot of beer in this fridge behind me. Help us clear it out. Too much beer. Too much beer. I couldn't even Too fit the beer, beer I brought tonight for this. Yeah, Dan has a Dan has a beer in his cooler still because we couldn't fit it in the Just in the one fridge. beer. We were, we were one beer away from yeah. tonight. I'm just going to do it. Now we have enough room. But at the same time. We're trying to give you beer. Just give us a review. Yeah. Dan. Uh, oh, social media. Follow us. Instagram and Facebook at Best Best Friends Pod. Tom, that's Best Best Friends P-O-D. That was real loud. That was a good one. That was a good one, right? <laughs> uh, send us an email. If you have any ideas for the podcast, uh, people we should feature, breweries we, we should feature, um, you know, local beers that are getting a lot of hype. Um, you know, send us an email. It's best, best friends pod at gmail.com. Again, Tom, that is best, best friends. P O D. I love when we open up the pit. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one more. That we really have to put in there. Right. Oh yeah. There is one more, but it's brand new, but we can't use the, can't use the drops. So, sure um, I guess you can subscribe to us here on uh, Twitch if you're still watching. Um, it's twitch.tv slash best best friends podcast. That's best best friends P O D. Cast. There you go. <laughs> P O D cast. That's try my best. Remember, that's best best friends P O D. Cast. Cast. <laughs> All right. Um, Dan, what do you think? What do you think? We got a new friend in the podcast? I don't know. Do you think Matt? I mean, I don't know. He didn't show us the Speedo. No. I feel <laughs> like he has to show us the Speedo at some point. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel I feel like they, he's very unwilling to get a tattoo. I feel like he's got a BC's tattoo. I mean. You have a tattoo. I have, I have a, tattoo. a tattoo. We have a tattoos. Yeah. New friend of the podcast. New friend of the podcast. All right. Matt, you're a new friend of the podcast. You can expect your welcome package in seven to 10 business months. It's going to include a tattoo. Yes. 
<laughs> Temporary or, per, or permanent. Uh, I don't know. Hell, yeah. I'll do henna on your butt if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Boardwalk style. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to do henna. I'll wrap your neck in a puka shell necklace. There you go. There we go. Boardwalk style. We'll braid your hair. Wait, sorry. Uh, (laughs) All jokes are not. God damn, man. (laughs) Off the table. I'm out. (laughs) It's a genetic disorder. It happens. It's over. (laughs) For everybody listening, not watching, I am bald. Two hours and ten minutes in, I, I skirted around the issue several several times. All right. Well, I just thought he liked to be aerodynamic yeah. in the pool. Uh, <laughs> uh, my leftovers, my swimming days, I'm yeah. fully shaped. Um, all right. Again, guys, thank you for coming on and uh, and and doing this with us. Really appreciate what you're doing, uh, Dan. I've said it multiple times but always makes me blush never gets old i love you always have (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody remember it's not goodbye forever it's just one more pov drop all right everybody always remember keep it in your heart it's 2021 but this season two we're still gonna say it it doesn't change anything it doesn't just remember jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself that lies at the feet of the Clinton family. <laughs> All right, everybody. Best, best friends podcast in the world. Episode 50. 100 beers, baby. We out. See you. Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros. By two bros. So crack a beer and laugh at some video. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Clang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalet. A cluggalet. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both. So it's all for me. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan, how could you go wrong? So many pods up there, were it the ones for me? Epstein is still alive, and listens to Best Best Friends Pod.